Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. Happy Monday, everyone. Say uh, a uh, happy Monday following yet another perfect week for the basketball team. 2-0. One tough one on the road, unexpectedly. One pretty uh, breezy and fun offensive one just Sunday, a day ago. Uh, also, happy Transfer Portal opening day Monday for football. It's been a wild, wild west type of day. Happy Bengals on Monday night football going on in the background, causing rifts that are unexpected and rifts that then have tr- ripple effects, but we carry on Monday. And also, a special happy Monday Crosstown Shootout Week Monday as the Bearcats' next game on the schedule is that team from Norwood, and the game is there as well. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in my guys, pals, squad. We've got uh, only one and two right now. We're, we're expecting three later. Four is no longer a count, but of course, as always, got, Aaron Smith. Got a surprise for you, Brent. Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. And – Oh, without further ado, I'm I'm gonna say it. I I had the other intro ready and and, and rolling. So I'm just gonna say it again. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, no Ryan Royer yet, but but the third leading scorer in program history, the consensus 2002 first team All American, two time Conference Player of the Year, and current radio color analyst alongside the legend Dan Horde. That's right, number 22. Steve Logan. Gentlemen, how are we? What up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Go. Thanks for being here, brother. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yep. Sir. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Locked in. Well, th- how are we? Chad, Aaron, Steve, surprise. I'm, how are we? I'm better now. We, we, didn't, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get Steve on, but, but, you know, working through some things, and now here he is. So I'm doing better. I, you know, I, I, I got the old school, got the, the old school home field hoodie on, and uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up? I had a little bit on, but I, I navigated my way through it, man. Appreciate you, brother. Much appreciated. We love that you make time for us. It's awesome. No doubt. That's called adversity, Steve, right? You got to you gotta <laughs> figure your way out through adversity, man. You got to get a little 10-0 run against you. You got to be able to bounce back, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Hey, you don't outscore another whole team by yourself without knowing how to battle through some adversity. Yeah, that's that's true. I got hot, man. I had I had some good teammates I was playing with, man. <laughs> Get Steve just, the ball. Give me the ball. <laughs> give me the ball when it's hot, man. <laughs> good you know. defer. Good defer. Aaron, how are we, sir? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Just uh making it through the uh the Mondays. So Aaron's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah, Aaron, you sound like you got a case of the Mondays, man. Come on now. Pep up. It's shootout week, man. Come on. Got like six days to get ready for it. You don't want to blow it all on Monday. Yeah, Yeah, but that's that's enough time, man. You know? (laughs) I know. I remember those six days before game. Ooh, six days before Xavier game, man. That's a lot of practice with Coach Bobby Huggins, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. A lot of yelling and screaming and on the line. You know what I mean? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, what was the longest le- hey, what was the longest from uh, one game before the shootout that you guys had in your career? Do you remember? 
I mean, I would say probably six days, you know, six days. You know, if you if you have a game on Sunday, I mean, and then your next game is the shootout on Saturday, that's a whole week, man. You know what I mean? That's a that's a lot of film. That's a lot of preparation. Um, that's a lot of talking through and walking through stuff. So, you know, that's that's a lot of preparation for us. I mean, it's good for our UC players to go through a full week, full week of practice. I think they might want to like have they might have one soft day. But other than that, man, I know Coach West is, is making them guys get after it. Chet. Brent, knock it out. I, I hey, know, you, I know I was, you're I amped up. I know you're ready. Like I, hey, I'm ready. You, you, you saw your whole world collapse before you. I did. I did. And yeah. then, and then so I heard Aaron say I was like, all right, let's get ramped up. up. Let's amp up. Well, well okay. Should we? Let's let, let's go ahead and and touch on the past first, Steve. Okay. Let's let's get the crowd juved up for it, and then we'll talk about the current team and outlook for this week as well. But uh, let's let's talk about the past. You went you went two and two against Xavier. Uh, the the best thing about that is you scored twenty two your senior year against them. If you didn't know, you scored your twenty two your twenty second point. With 0.5 seconds left on the clock, nice little little, little finger roll as the buzzer was yeah. sounded for for a 20 point win at Cintas, which was the last win that the Bearcats have had at Cintas. Just kind of break down. Your, it, you also sadly lost one where you know Bearcats were number one in the country at the time. That there's another rough game at Cintas, but you ended the career on a win. Just kind of break down your your entire. Mo, your entire thought on the crosstown shootout itself. Now that this crosstown week is here, well, my freshman year. One thing about the crosstown shootout, it doesn't matter who's ranked or what what's going on in the year. This is the biggest game of the year for for both teams, both parties. We right up the street from each other. My first year, the crosstown shootout was at home at UC, and I end up you know scoring 18 points, and we end up winning that game. The next, the following year, Keon's, Keon Martin's senior year, we was number one in the country. And we went over to Xavier and we lost that game. You know, we're number one in the world, but number two in the city. So that was very devastating for us to, you know, be number one in the world and then go across the street and lose to them guys. Kudos to them guys. Some guys play hard. And then my third year, I get stripped with like four seconds left to win the game against Lloyd Price. Lloyd Price, I tried to cross over at halftime. I don't know why I did it. The guy is such a great defender. He got long arms. Something told me, Hugs told me, do not cross over in front of him. You know, he got long arms. So I ended up crossing over in front of him. He ended up ripping it and laying it up. So now I'm one and, one and two with him. And then come down to my senior year, we was able to get a chance to win it. You know, and me scoring a bucket at the end to have 22 points was, was so fitting. So I'm at an even two and two with those guys. And, you know, it's just such a, it's just such, it's so good for the game, man. Just to have a, a, a in city rival between two nice, good, fun guys going at it. You know, I can't wait to Saturday to see it, man. One, one last thing your senior year, I, I mean, it, these games don't come without a little bit of bad blood during the game as well. There was a hard foul on Jason Maxiel and, and you guys who were kind of, kind of got a little bit, you know, heated there on yeah. the baseline following the yeah. ballot is is that something that you think just fuels the rivalry where it's where it's kind of like you know even though we are just a, a handful of miles away from each other that that hatred that 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 kind of city feel 
between the two teams, it kind of builds throughout the offseason and then, of course, throughout the season as well. Oh, without, without question. I mean, that's that's when I play, man. Things are saying it's 21, 22 years ago to when I came in and played. You know, my first pickup game at UC, my summer of my freshman year, Lloyd Price, Lenny Brown, them guys was in our gym playing five on five. Them guys was diving on the floor for loose balls and, you know, arguing with each other about who's guarding who. I mean, it was insane for an 18-year-old guy like me to come in and see that just to speed it up to the foul on Max Seal is that, you know, that's our brother. We're not having we're not having anybody take hard fouls on us without us saying something or yapping back. You know, that's just yeah, that's the nature of the game, man. The game has got out of so whack so much. You know, we grew up on the playground plan. So if you wasn't trash talking, something was wrong with you. You know, that's where I'm that's the era I'm from. Like everybody trash talks, man. You know what I mean? And it's it's for the better of the game. So I know these guys at University of Cincinnati, these guys are getting ramped up. They know the meaning of this game. They know how big this game is, too. And you better know those guys across the street. They know how big this game is. And, and a way different back then because now with summer workouts and, and everything that guys do on campus, there's not as much pickup ball. Like, there's yeah. not as much, like, cross-mingling. It used to be everybody was just in town, yeah. going to classes, and if yeah. y'all wanted to play ball, you had to get together and play ball. Chad, Chad, it was just like you said. It's been nice where, you know, I don't even know if this league. It's been nice when we was there in school and we practiced already, and guys was calling up to say, "Guys, like y'all want to hoop? What, you know what I mean? Y'all want to, y'all want to get some rec in? We go over there, or they come over here, and we just play. I mean, that's a that's a missing piece of the game today. Where it's like, hey man, let's just let's play pickup, man. Let's go, let's go get some run. You know." They do it now, but it's just not against the opponent as yeah. much as it used to be. <laughs> that's probably safer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you, where a lot of the animosity builds up, right? Like, you yeah. guys spent three months of the summer learning to hate each other. That's right. I mean, all summer, you playing against you playing against each other all summer. You know the guy's tendencies. You know you're going to talk smack to him. I can't wait to see you in the game. Man, that built up for a good rivalry. Man, this this rivalry is is rich. You know, this is this is 30, 30 40 years of, of rival with, within each other, man. You know, who don't want to play in this game? If you if you're a hooper or so-called baller and you don't want to play in this game, man, something's wrong. Yeah, they, yeah. they've changed they've changed the rules quite a bit to where you're not allowed to talk trash, you're not allowed to celebrate after a dunk too much or anything like that. How would you fare with these these new taunting rules and, and celebration rules and all of that, Steve. I don't know how good I've been, man. You know, <laughs> I mean, because me, it's like if I hear somebody on the other team trash talking me, I'm my my my, my blood is gonna boil. I'm be like, okay, okay, you ready? Let's let's go. Like let's okay, it's just fun. He's trash talking, you know, he's feeling himself. I want to get going. I'm a trash talk. It never really – you never really want to say, hey, I want to fight this guy because he's trash talking. Now, it's limits and it's lines to stuff, you know, especially competing in sports. Now, if you get into where you you send some stuff that's out of line, you know, you got to have good teammates and coaches say, hey, you know, that's inappropriate. We, we're not going to do it that way. If you're going to trash talk, it's a certain type of way that you trash talk. You just got to be a little bit more quiet now. You got to kind of, you know, yeah. keep it. But if they've got that rule in now where you can't do it, you got to respect the game, and definitely you got to respect your coach. Fair, fair.
respect. You got to do it Larry Bird style where you look like you're saying something nice to him when you're telling him something not nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> With the smile the whole time. Let's uh, right. let's, let's fast forward. Hold, hold on. I got, I got something, Brent. I got I think yep. we asked him this the last time he was on. But we the, the channel has been it has grown exponentially. So the story I was told, Steve, I, I will take you back. You're a senior in high school. Cincinnati is playing in the NCAA tournament. And you're talking to Mick Cronin on the phone. And Mick is coaching you up on how to trick Bob Huggins into uh taking your commitment. Do, do you remember what I'm getting at? Yeah, but the story, I'm going to tell you this true story. Coach Hugs, right. Hugs, Coach Hugs didn't want me. You know, right. if, you, if you've been around the university or some of the guys, they know that Coach Hugs was recruiting a guy by the name of Sam Clancy on my team. He was a big guy. You know, and Sam was top 50 in the country. And he Sam was unbelievable, man. He was my center for four years. So Hugs would come watch him play in the summer. He'd fly to, to, to L.A., he'd fly to Vegas, and he'd come see Sam. And always, for some reason, I always get these one-on-ones with Coach Hugs. Like, hey, man, you know, you know, you know, I'm Ohio boy. I want to go to Cincinnati. You know, I always wanted to play with, with you. You got the Jordans. You got the jump brand. And he immediately just all the time shut me down like, we don't need no guards. And I'm like, wow, like, you don't need no guards? He's like, no, we don't need no guards. We got enough guards. We're looking for big men. And so he did that to me four times in four different cities. So the fifth time I seen him, and Sam Clancy was already told me, he he's like, man, I'm not going to Cincinnati. I want to go out west. I hate the cold. I want to be warm. So Sam was already telling me, you know, he don't want to go to Cincinnati. So the fifth time I seen Hugs, I was like, listen, man, let me tell you something. Every time, since you don't want me, every time you come see Sam Clancy, I'm going to have 40 points. I'm going to make you take me. And the first four times he came, I had like 37, 40, 39, 41 in the summer. And so he was looking at me. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, every time you come see Sam, I'm going to have 40 points and I'm going to shoot the lights out. And so that's been a real story between me and him personally that we always giggle about. And so speeding it up to the Mick, I was just setting you up for the Mick Cronin situation. So, Coach Hugs and Mick was going to recruit a guy out of L.A. And Mick called me on the phone. He's like, Lo, we're on our way to L.A. If you get a call at 12 o'clock, you know it's a three-hour three difference. We're going to see this so-called shooter. This guy's supposed to be the number one shooter in the country. If we don't call you, we're taking him. If we call you, that means we want you. And I'm like, man, I'm not staying up to 12 or 1 o'clock to wait on your call. Man, I got I got school in the morning. Man. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> but I was lying. I was standing by that phone. You know, the old school phone. They got plugs in them. I was oh, yeah. by that phone. So, I mean, about 1230 at night, man, the phone ring. I couldn't believe it. It was Mick. Mick was like, "Low, this guy shot two for 21. We all the way out in L.A. He couldn't buy a shot tonight. Hug said, get you on the first plane out here for a visit. Be ready to go tomorrow. <laughs> and, that's how that, and that's how that went, man. I was on campus the next day for my visit, had a good time, and I committed this sign to UC, and the rest is history. Wow. Mick, Mick, Mick always told me that there was a point where you 
you kind of tricked Hobbs into thinking it was his, like his idea. It was. It was all along. It was. It was Mick. Mick had a hand in that. Right. Mick, Mick. Mick always had a hand in the recruiting. Mick's one was one of the best recruiters in the world. So Mick was always the guy on the phone with me, talking to me and right, let, telling you, "Hey, call Hugs and tell him yeah. I want to play for you. You're the only coach I want to play for." Yeah. You're the best coach in America. If you play to Hugs' ego, right, and Hugs is gonna like you because you like him. I did all that, but it wasn't just on the phone. It was like when he comes to see me. I mean, he comes to see Sam recruit. That's what I'd be telling Hugs on there. But I never really called Hugs and told him okay. all that. I just said that. Took mix old mix, now, so yeah. <laughs> mix old. That's what mix, can you do? Mix, mix still a hell of a coach. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job. A great job out in UCLA. And then, well, and then what? Fast forward a year later, you're you're dropping 18 as a freshman against against Xavier in the crosstown. You know, Steve, it was funny. I was, I went back and just looked at each game, and and you scored the first like handful of buckets in each game. Well, they was crosstown Judah. Well, they was doubling Kenyon, man. If if yeah. you in to make open shots, when Kenyon got double team and he kicked it to me, and I'm wide open, that's what I'm there for to make open shots. My freshman year was there. To control the tempo and make wide open shots when Kenyon got double, and that's and you know that's what I did. That's what that's the type of things. And you know, if you don't play defense, you can't be on the floor anyway. With yeah. hugs, you're not going to be on the floor if you don't play defense. So my job was to play defense and make wide open shots out the kickout. There we go. And, and and of course, obviously, I mentioned it already. The last win at Centos. your team, your senior year. So uh, big big shouts, big congrats to that. But let's fast forward. We're going to hop over the brawl. We're going to hop over all those years that, you know, that followed. And before that, we're going to go straight to last year. Okay. You, you were back in the building at Fifth Third. Yeah. You know, I had some of your old teammates with you as well. You know, Kenyon was there. The infamous, you know, halftime when, when, when Kenyon went into the locker room, this, that, and the other. Just, just talk about that atmosphere. And if you could kind of sense, wow, you know, Wes Miller – I'm I'm seeing it with him. Was that one of the first times that you were you were there in the building? You saw the team. You saw the comeback in the second half. You saw maybe that West Miller could be the could be the guy to really uh, right you know right the ship and get uh, get Cincinnati back to glory. Man, it was a great atmosphere. I mean, first of all, to see my brother come back in town, I, have, I haven't seen him for over ten years. To be able to see him come back in town and us go out to eat dinner. Me, him, Lenny Stokes, and Demar Johnson. We went out to eat some dinner and had a good time. But after the first half of the game, he felt like he wanted to go in there and address the team. You know, not stepping on anyone's toes. He just wanted to tell the team how they looked. And you know, he went in there and got them fired up. And and Coach West actually commended him for that because all the stuff that he was saying was true. You know, so the first half we didn't play for we didn't play for each other. We played a little selfish. Um, the environment was there, but our energy wasn't there. So the second half, if we would have played the first half like the second half, I think the victory would have been a bit of a sweeter for us. Even though we lost, it would have been a better taste at the end of the game for us. So coming into this year, I think this is the year that we beat them. Um, I think Coach West is going to really have these guys prepared and ready to go from the tip to the finish. Well, speaking of Coach West, What's been your overall impression of him with this team now that you've you've had a chance to see him as a former player, as a fan, and now as somebody working behind the mic as 
getting an, an inside look really as being part of the broadcast team. What's that been like for you to see Wes from the first time you saw him uh, to, to where you were at now? Personally, man, he's a great guy. Personally, Coach West is a great guy. I have two guys, really good friends of mine, told me that before he came through. Jop, Jawad Williams, which played on the national championship with Coach West, and Michael Duncan, who runs the Adidas AAU circuit. They called me up before he even got there. It's like, Lo, you're going to love this guy. His personality is off the charts, and he knows stuff. And everything that those guys told me has been true. Number one, he's a great guy. Love humans. Love helping human beings. That's what he's about, you know. And you know, me for me, I'm from a different. I'm from a different cloth. I want you to shoot it straight with me. You know what I mean? I'm that type of person. And he's done that since day one. You know what I mean? He's been himself. He shot it straight with me. You know, and, and that's what I respect about Coach West personally. You know, he's not just going to blow smoke up. He's going to tell you. He's going to keep it, like we say, the younger generation. He's going to keep it real with you. And that's one thing I respect about a man is that they keep it real. Coaching-wise, you know, you got to you gotta respect a coach that get pieces together. Coach West has got pieces here for us to compete at a high level. You know what I mean? We got some guys that can actually really play. And so for him going out in the summer, spending his whole summer, dedicating his summer to get guys to come here and play, and then once you get here, you got to play as a, as a player. You know what I mean? He can coach so much. He can recruit so much. But when you get here, you know, you got to hold yourself accountable to go out there and put that, that Cincinnati on your chest like it means something, man. And so I applaud him for, you know, going out and putting the pieces in the right place for us to compete in the Big 12. Before we talk about pieces on the team itself, let's let's talk about a big piece that the uh, university and that the uh, radio booth added and in, in, in you, Steve. Kind of kind of mentioned how, you know, talk about how that came apart and, and, and how, you know, seamlessly you've been able to roll in with the with the ultimate pro, Dan Horde, and, and, and kind of what, what your thoughts are on the whole color thing. You know, Chad and myself, we both done play-by-play -play back in the day. And, and we know play-by-play -play is only as good as a strong color analyst, and and you've been killing it so far. So kind of just how that all came about for you and, and, and how you think it's been going pretty so far. Well, I appreciate that, man. And, and first and foremost, it's an honor to to be able to speak the game and talk the game from my alma mater, University of Cincinnati. And for me, it, it kind of it kind of fell in my lap. You know, Terry was doing some other things with ESPN, and they was looking for a guy to come in to fit that role. And, you know, they, 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 they extended their hands to me, and, you know, the rest is history. I talked to Coach West about it, talked to Dan Horton about it. Everybody was on board about it. So um, I, took the, I took the leap of faith and said, you know what, I'm going to go out and try it. I never did it before, but it, it was a, a decision that I'm, I'm really happy about. You know, Dan Horton makes it easy for me. He's such a gold in this stuff. He sets me up for the right questions. He talked to me about the right stuff. His, pre his preparation is, is off the charts, you know what I mean? So it, it makes it easier for me to talk the game of basketball on the radio with Dan. Just, and, and Mo, I, I can't leave Mo out because I did one or two games with Mo. Both of those guys are second to none, man. When it What's the, what, what was your what what was your reaction when you sat next to Dan for that first time and you saw that giant sheet that he has with <laughs> every piece of information humanly possible on it? It's a little intimidating, isn't it? Yeah, it's like he's taking a, a test for college or something, man. I said, 
<laughs> so many notes down here. I don't see how you read this stuff, man. You know, he <laughs> got books of notes and, you know, and that just speaks the volumes of his preparation, man. He knows his stuff. You know what I'm saying? He knows his players. He knows the other team. And, and that's what he's showing me. You got to be prepared. You got to know what you're talking about. You know, you know the game of basketball, but it's little other stuff that come along with being a color analysis, too, that he's teaching and, you know, I'm preaching. Yeah, I, go ahead, Aaron. What's the best advice you've gotten from Terry Nelson as you're filling his shoes? And uh, what's what's the biggest thing that you've learned uh, working next to Dan? Well, the best advice Terry gave me was be yourself. You know, you're a one-on-one. Don't try to be like anybody else. Be who you are because the people, they want to hear your take. You know what I mean? You played the game at a high level. You've cheated a lot of goals here at University of Cincinnati. So they want to hear the inside of your head about the game of basketball. You know, and the best thing about sitting next to Dan is, you know, I get to learn from him close up. You know what I mean? I used to play on the court and he used to call the game. So now I, now I get to reverse that role and sit in the seat and see what he sees and how do I dictate and call to see what I see to make the, uh, the radio and the people there, the consumers, see the game and not be there. Yeah, I I loved talking to you before the first game, and, and all you said was like, man, we're just out here talking about basketball. That's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. No pressure. Like they said, man, no pressure. You played for thousands and thousands of people. This is, this is no pressure for you. But my first game, I was nervous, fellas. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Or it's a piece of cake. It's just the unknown. You right. Know I mean? Right. Fitting in, you know, not to speak over each other. So it's a lot of little things that we tweak. But that first, the first couple of minutes, I was nervous. But after that, you know, I got into a rhythm, and you know, I'm just trying to perfect the craft of it. Well, and you were going through adversity. You were in a sling game one, so it was <laughs> like, man, yeah. you battling through. Yeah, people. <laughs> didn't know I had surgery that Thursday before the Sunday. You know, I had a nerve block in my arm, you know, that lasted 30 hours. But, you know, being a Bearcat, man, we learn how to go through adversity, man. You know, God is good. He's my healer. So, you know, I just keep that in in mind. And so I was ready to go for uh, Monday. Any memories of Chuck, one of the the listeners wants to know? Maychuck. Yeah. Chuck Maychuck, man, is an awesome man. You know, Chuck, Chuck got a hold of me when I was a freshman. And um, Chuck was like a personal, personal mentor to me. You know, I was young, full of, full of talented, talent and skill, but did not didn't know how to work hard. And I was bumping heads with hugs as a, in a young age. And Chuck was the guy that bridged that gap for me to understand hugs and have hugs understand me for a common goal, man, just for the better of the university and for better play for me in our team. It took a while, but Chuck Maychuck, man, is the reason why I was at Cincinnati for four years. Goat, man. Goat, man. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this year's team. Um, first, obviously, the big the big early season storyline was was Aziz and Jamil and, uh, you know, the, the process to get them eligible and, and whatnot. And, and while it's still a working pro- process for Jamil Reynolds, um, Aziz obviously got has gotten cleared and has joined the squad. What as as you know a former player yourself and, and knowing a bunch about the sport more than the three of us combined, uh, what have you seen has been some of the major differences from the early 
handful of games that the squad had to now have adding a player like Aziz. Well, when yeah, you know his 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 play speaks volume. He does so many things that's not on the the, uh, the stat sheet. You know, what I mean, he's a rim protector. Um, he changes shots just by his presence. You know, rebounding the ball and running the floor. That's an addition to the team, man. You know what I mean? That's some that's something that you can't really teach. He's great in the pick and rolls. I mean, you could just throw it up there. He's going to go get it. He's a high flyer. So adding Aziz to the team was major. And now the guy, Jamil, that's waiting for, you know, his clearance, he's a low block guy. You can throw the ball into him. He makes a move here, and he can get a bucket. He rebounds, and he know how to defend. Two different bigs that play different when they're out there, but both needed out there as a team. And I think when we get Jamil, it's going to change our team and our dynamic even more. You know, even though we're rolling right now 6-0, I'm telling you, man, Coach West, he's he's not – He's not satisfied, and that's what I like about him. He's always looking for ways that we can get better individually and as a team and as a program. You know, he's not settling for anything less. And so he's still after you guys every day. You know, sometimes I go in there and practice, man, his energy is higher than some of the, practice, the players in there. You know what I mean? He's running around there motivating, screaming at coaches and players. Man, we old school Bearcats, man, we love to see that, man. You know what I mean? Because that's. You know, that was me for – that was four years of my life. You know, if it wasn't no hollering and screaming in there and guys bumping up against each other, you know, it wasn't right. It just feel like it wasn't right, man. You know what I mean? So, it's, that's hard to – I mean, that's hard to explain. You know what right. I mean? Like, look, man, we – hey, we get after each other in a loving way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, The thing that's been, like, interesting to me to watch, Steve, and this tells you how much of a difference Aziz makes – Teams run different offense, or at least they they go through their offense differently when he's not on the floor. When he's on the floor, they are a thousand percent aware of where he is at at all times. And when he's off the floor, they're more aggressive. Like they're they're not afraid of the paint when he's at when he's on the bench. Yeah, that's just. I mean, that's just good strategies. Human like, nature, yeah. But for other for other teams, you know, they're they're going to when they're when your big man is out. They're going to try to attack your house, and that's just normal. But when he's in, you know, it allowed it allows the guards to press up on the guards a little bit more. Like Kenya used to tell me, you it's it's a chance for you to get up into the guards because if the guards beat you, you're going to run them right into me. So we can play extra tight on the perimeter with the guards because if you if you decide if we get beat or you decide to go in there against our big man. You know, that's bad news for you. And that's sort of how this is going on with the University of Cincinnati right now. And the players are like, you're allowed to be aggressive on the screens and getting through the ball screens because, you know, you got Aziz back there. Not saying that you just let him go. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you get a chance to pressure up and try to, you know what I mean, dictate where your your, your offensive man go. Let's Give us your thoughts on Day-Day uh, and, and Jizzle so far. I know you're watching them close. Yeah, I, I like I like both of the guards. You know what I mean? I think Day Day is struggling a little bit right now because of his shot selection. Uh, but it's a long season. He'll work his way out of that. As a point guard, shot selection is so critical because you can get into a slump by taking bad shots. Even when you make if you make contested shots a lot, but they're bad shots, it gives you a false sense in your head that hey, I can shoot any ball that I want. 
I think he made a couple hard shots. And now the last couple games, he's not making those hard shots because his shot to selection. Um, so I think he's going to work out his way. He plays hard. He's a good kid. You know what I mean? He's for his team. So I think he's going to he's gonna work his way out of that. Jizzle, on the other hand, I think we're watching Jizzle grow up right before our eyes. You know, he's already has a, a, a grown man body. You know, he's already he's already being aggressive. And then one thing I liked about what I saw with him against Howard, he took the game over in, in, in spaces where we needed him, somebody to score. And he took that upon himself to score and get stopped. So he's growing up. It's still a process for him. He's still going through some of the, the, the adversities and stuff like that as being a point guard. And that's going to be all year for him. But he has to continue to go through the process of growth as a freshman. Something that we haven't seen yet, but Wes has mentioned a few times, and it, it kind of directly compares to something that you had during your play career was when you have two dynamic point guards, having them out on the court at the same time. And when you and Kenny Satterfield played next to each other for a couple of seasons, right? how do you see potentially later on in the season down the line, if they did decide to go with lineups with both day day and Jizzle on the court at the same time? Well, when you, when, when a coach is able to do that, the, the, the most important thing within the players is that they know each other. They know it. They know each other's tendencies. They know their weaknesses. That's how you get, on the floor at the same time by knowing each other. Me, I was I can play the point guard and the two guard because I can score the ball. And sometimes I got a rest off of the ball when Sat came in. Satterfield was really he was really good at fast breaks. So Sat can push that ball, Harlem, New York style, get it up, make good passes and get the transition going. I can do that, but that wasn't my strength. You know what I mean? My strength was settling down in the half court, get into something make a shot, three-pointer, or get into my bag at half court. So it was about knowing each other. And so and that's the thing that I think that Jizzle and Day-Day, they got to continue to work on knowing each other to get out there on the floor with each other. No animosity. If one guy's bringing it up, somebody get to the two. If, so, if I'm bringing it up, you get over there. We got to know the plays out there. We got to know the plays from the one's perspective and the two-guard perspective. And not only that, we got to know everybody else's plays so we can direct traffic. So they got to be in the lab, man. They got to be in the film. They got to be studying, and they got to know their stuff in and out. Uh, Victor Locken, uh, man, talk about what you have seen in him this year. He's he's looking like a yeah. – a, he's, he's, I mean, he's – I think Vic is shooting, what, 60% from the three? He loved that. He loved that top of the key shot, man. I mean, out of I say out of 12 threes, I think he's hit nine. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So he's really shooting the ball well. You know, he's also rebounding the ball well is good. You know, as a big man, you want to see the bigs rebound the ball because there's something about them rebounding the ball that keeps them in the game and keeps them excited about the game. And I think he's been really rebounding the ball well, running the floor, and, and taking threes when needed. You know what I mean? He's not trying to do something out. He's, he's just standing in his lane on how he scores the ball. You know, and I think Victor Lockner, these first six games, has been the best he's, I've seen him, and he's he's balling right now. I hate to keep going just down the line, but I got to ask about Dan Skillings, man. He he looks like he is a dude, and, and Chad can fill you more in about just Dan and how he's just put, slowly learning the, the team game side of basketball in the process as well. But I, he looks like he's on the verge of becoming 
an, an elite basketball player. I mean, Dan is he's he's aggressive. That's one thing you can't really. It's hard to teach. You know, what I mean, we we call it we call it going to get it. You know, what I mean, when he gets in a game, Dan is he's he's going to score a bucket. He's trying to put pressure on the defense, and that's when he that's what he's doing. At times, he's been a little erratic, but you gotta accept that because the guy's trying to be aggressive. Not only what I like about him is that he's aggressive, but he does other little things too. You know what I mean? He does if he's not scoring the ball well, he get in there and say, "Listen, I'm gonna go get ten rebounds." You know what? I'm gonna go get two or three block shots. I'm gonna get a charge. You know, he's not gonna. I haven't seen Dan put his head down just because he wasn't scoring the ball really. I've just seen him step up in other areas of the game until you know the game came to him, and that's what he's been doing. It's hard for a guy to to have a, a shooting night like he did yesterday and still go get 12 rebounds and, and four assists and all the other. Like I don't think people understand like how difficult that is mentally to block the, the, the offensive side out and say, I'm going to go do everything else because everybody else has got it tonight. Well, that's called, that's called mental maturity, you know, yeah. just realizing like, Hey man, the ball is not falling tonight. I can go, if I'm going to be out here, I'm going to go do some other. Well, something that's, I need to do that better our team. And that's rebounding. You know what I mean? He don't put his head down and sulk. Say, I'm not shooting the ball. Well, he's been a man about his adversity. And that's what I like about him. You have been on a team that probably had the most depth in the history of the program, or at least the modern history of the program, yeah. uh, Kenyon senior year. You've been on teams where there weren't, there wasn't as much depth, where you had to carry a lot of the load. How much different, how much freer can you play knowing that if you have a bad night, it's not a big deal because somebody's going to step in. I mean, we saw between CMOS, who sat out, Dan Skillings and John Newman, those guys had 10 points and they still scored 99 yesterday. That has to be freeing for a player to know that, like, the, the game doesn't hinge on me being hot or cold. I can just go play. Yeah, see, that's the difference. And I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a correct you because I know you really don't know. But as a player, you never think like that. I think the game depends on me. You know, and sure. it doesn't. And or I, I got to be going as I become a good player into a great player. I got to be on every night. That's the difference between me being a Hall of Famer and somebody just coming through the program. saying, And, I'm and me being a fat white guy with a podcast network. <laughs> I get it. It's, no, it's, 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 it's not good. I don't have time to be off. That's what Hugs used to tell me. Lo, you don't have time to be off. You know what I mean? You got to shoot the ball. You got to score the ball. And you got to do that every night. And so once I prepared myself mentally for that, that gave me a better opportunity to be successful out on the floor. So I don't think that's good for a player to think that, to say, hey, if I'm off, CMOS going to come in and do that. That's a great luxury as a coach. But as a player, your mentality is to be on every night. You uh, I, guess, I, the pleasure. I, I guess what I'm getting, I guess what I'm getting that more, though, is like you don't put the – like if you come out and you start over four, you don't have to start like stressing. Like you don't have to like, okay, damn, maybe I don't have it tonight, but I gotta, I still gotta, you know, maybe do more than than what the night calls for. Or come sit. That makes sense. Or come yeah. sit bench. When when you're yeah. when your team stacked like that, and you go over four, and you've been out there six or seven minutes, and that horn rings. 
you're coming out the game with hugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you know, guys, we had this thing. If you're off and the, the horn sounds and you look over there, nine times out of ten, that's your sub. So you. <laughs> oh boy. You had the you had the pleasure of watching these guys through the summer at the limited time that you could get in. And in that regard, you've seen them every game, home game, since they've not really played away outside of Howard. Uh, who surprised you the most so far this season? Lockin, Victor Lockin. Yeah. He, he's, he surprised me. I mean, even though it's still early in January is coming where that flood of pro teams are coming in, you know, but the way he's been playing now, we're six and zero. You got to give the guy a lot of credit, man, for stepping up and taking leadership of his team. Between Victor Lockin and Johnny Newman, man, you know what I mean. Johnny Newman is playing his tail off on both ends of the floor. You know he's shooting the ball at a great clip behind the three. He's playing good defense. I call him like the glue guy of the team. You know what I mean. He's yep. the older guy. He's stronger. He's more boisterous. And he get those guys going. So between Victor Lockton and Johnny Newman, two different styles of leadership that both of them stepped up and uh, paid the bill on. How much did you see Vic just kind of evolve his game when Aziz got onto the floor? I mean, he's he's like I said, man, he's being patient. He's knowing his role. He's not stepping out his lane. Even when Aziz on the floor, it frees him up a little bit more to play the four so he can be a stretch floor or he can be on the block four. It depends on who's guarding him. And I think Vic like – I think he like playing on the perimeter a little bit, like Coach West say. He's open. He's, he's – I've seen him make 10 in a row in practice of that shot. So I know he can shoot the ball. You know what I mean? And he's just showing, you know, everybody else that he can shoot. I'm, I'm, right. I'm sure you got let's, a little excited in the – uh... start. Let's start winding it down a little. Let Steve I, get back to the game. I am. I am. I know. I know. Look, Brent, you'll go for three hours if I let you. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, Steve and I have a phone I'm, call after this. I'm not going to be on here with y'all all night. I'm watching the Bengals game, man. <laughs> Steve, Steve, but you're calling me after the Bengals game. I got 100 more questions, so just don't worry about it. But, uh, hey, I'm sure you got a little wild after a couple of those Newman dunks in the early season. But uh, aside from that. Who's winning in a three-point contest right now? Steve Logan in his prime, Wes Miller in his prime, or C.J. Frederick? Who you got? It's, it's, it's a, I think this is a no a no win situation for those two guys. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no back to Coach West or C.J. They shoot they shoot the ball extremely well, but you're asking me in my prime. Man, it's sometimes I stepped out on the floor at practice and didn't miss all day. <laughs> and that's just for I mean, them guys know them guys know the coaches and practice players know. I'm talking about for three hours. You know what I mean? In, in the heat of a battle. You know what I mean? It's you can it, it's just about the moment for me. If I get rolling, I get hot, it's gonna be a long day. I mean, I mean, we're a little older now. If them guys want to take that challenge now, I'm still up for it now. Okay. <laughs> I like that. You you were field. You were field. Me or Field Williams? Yeah. That's the pup to me, man. That's my little brother, man. (laughs) You know I teach your brother in the backyard. He can't beat me. (laughs) (laughs) Super though, Chad. You hear me? Hell of a shooter from Texas. Flat out. 
really shot the ball really well. Big shots out to Field Williams, man. Was was Tony Bobbitt the best trash talker you ever been around? I haven't seen Tony was after me. So I didn't I know, get, but you like I you weren't around, you didn't get you weren't around much at so, all at that point. I went around. I went around for Tony. Best trash talker. Ooh, best who's the best? Wow. I would probably say a guy by the name Aaron McGee. I don't know if you guys remember. Ace oh, I, I remember. I'm old Left. enough. Yeah, Ace. Ace. I'm older. I'm older than you, Steve. I was going <laughs> to games when you were in Cleveland still. <laughs> Ace, left-handed Ace from Chicago, man. He got when he got going between 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 Pete Michael or Aaron McGee when they got going, man. They was gonna let you have it, man. They was gonna let you know. All right, man. In, in the chat, they like want to know how talking Diego Guevara. True competitor. True competitor, man. You know, I, I hated I hated him because he he was a shot maker and he blew kisses. You know, yeah. <laughs> every play was ran for him. And I said to myself, you get to shoot the ball 20 to 25 times a game, man, and you're out here blowing kisses. How many kisses are you gonna blow your wife in the stand? <laughs> My God. But too many, too many. All right, well, yeah. Let's uh let's get Steve out of here. But uh, but but obviously one last one last thing. It it is cross sense shootout week. Uh, just kind of kind of just your your feels. Let's let's close it out with one last comment about you know leading into Saturday because I because right now Xavier has one player on their team that's going to get minutes that has played in a cross sense shootout before. Don't mean anything. That. Right. Right. We don't care. We don't care nothing about what's going on over there. We want to come in and take care of our business. That's that's what it's about. To the game plan, plan as a team, and going there with a great level of confidence to take care of our business. And I think everything else will take care of itself. Do you well, hate that place? I hate that place. I mean, it, it is what it is, man. I don't do too much. Across. I stay on my. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not. I don't go. <laughs> they, they used to. They, they for two years, two like two trips there in a row. They literally put me in a table at the top of the arena, and if I was any farther away, I would be outside. <laughs> they know. They know where to put you, Chad. You're <laughs> the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the top of the arena, like here's the last row of stands. They were in front of me, and then me. And then the wall, and then outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll watch a damn game from home. Kiss my yeah. ass. Oh, you see, man. Take care of business this weekend. All right. We appreciate you, brother. This has been awesome. And uh, it's been great catching up. I love seeing you uh, back around every night uh, doing these games and getting the, the chance to dap you up and say what's up. And you're doing an awesome job, man. The fans have loved it. It's been, it's been a really good addition uh, while Terry's been doing TV. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for the compliments, man. And thanks for having me on, man. It's an honor, man. Anytime you guys need me, let me know. I appreciate you guys. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk soon. See you, Steve. Bearcat out. There you go. We were worried. Like, that That almost didn't happen. We we started the show 
You know you my guys, man. I won't let you down, man. I, I know. No, no. I'm just saying we were worried. Like, we weren't sure if we were going to have to reschedule or what we, like, how it was going to work. But then we started the show, and boop, you popped up. And Brent didn't see it yet, so he didn't know. Aaron and I were like, all right, we got it. All right, all right, we got this. Well, we'll see when when Steve was leaving in the parking garage. I was like, I was I said, all right, Steve, let's let's lock it down. So I was like, oh no, maybe maybe I didn't say say goodbye nice enough. Yeah, I should give him a hug or something. All right, see Appreciate you, man. Peace, man. There you uh, go. I, I know a lot of other people have tried. There's only one podcast. Oh, whoa. Look at that. that that's gotten Steve Logan. There's only one podcast in this Bearcat world that's gotten Steve Logan, and that's time number two. And what great insight, what what great vision and, like, uh, up-close uh, observation that he's got from watching this team. That, that's why I love doing this, man. I love getting guys like that on here uh, that, that can give you the, the, the real deal, give you the, the info as it's, as it's happening in front of them. So thanks to Lowe. So that was uh, two weeks ago, Wes Miller, and last week, John Cunningham, and this week, Steve Logan. I don't know what the hell we're going to do next week, boys. Ryan, you better come up with something, bro. Maybe uh, uh, the first. <laughs> going to the, a bag of tricks. The guy who just had his first 100-yard receiving game in, in his NFL career heading to, oh, to take on the Bengals that weekend. I have to give him a little call. No, that's this week. Yeah. yeah, that'll be a day after playing the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> With as okay, bad as their stealing. secondary is, his second 100-yard game might be coming. Yeah. Yeah, for for you knuckleheads that don't know what we're talking about, it's Alec Pierce. That's right, Alec Pierce. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, quick paper supply time stamp that. Thing. Quick paper supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries. They provide a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom. Boom, baby. Well, it is Crosstown Shootout Week. Um, don't want to... I, I don't know. Are you guys going to have a little bit more? I I know Dave's the big, big football guy and knows a lot about the portal and whatnot, but uh I'm sure there'll be more preview and whatnot leading up to it. Nightcaps and whatnot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess Dave hasn't watched a whole lot of uh, Xavier. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and call me crazy, but I don't think Dave has been sitting down, sitting down, breaking down a, uh, Muskie's game tape. Good, uh, good limb to go out on. That's 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 for sure. I feel pretty confident in that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well, well, first off, Brian Royer, how are we? We're good. One one We're Bearcat good. legend out, another Bearcat <laughs> legend in. How's I don't know that? if you can put me in the same the same uh, room as Mister Logan. First team All American legend. That's why we kept team. you out of the room, and then we brought you in when he was gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm a legend in my own way. Maybe not the same caliber. Oh yeah. I was I'm ready to tag Ryan in if he if he had anything. We we were we were in I communication. Just felt, yeah. 
yeah, I just thought I would be disrupting the flow, so I thought it'd be best to let the man do his thing. And he did. In my book. He did. That's, I mean, that's he, all I gotta say. Sounds, sounds like well, it was a good time. Guys, uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about uh, the big game on Saturday. Obviously, the basketball team is humming. The first net uh, rankings came out. And, and right now, the net rankings are something that you can kind of just throw away. It's uh, they, they're, they're cool to look at and see your number up there. And then, of course, see a bunch of, you know, Big 12 teams jumbled up there at the top as well. But it's, a, it's one that's very heavily based on just record and not really a, a deep dive. And there is analytics and things that go into it. But for right now, it's kind of just based off of the early season wins and losses and how those games look. So it, there's not too much credence because obviously the numbers will change completely from here on out. But it's good to see them up top. It's good to see the uh, Bearcats, of course, in the top 30 in Ken Palm right now, sitting there at 29th in the country in Ken Palm. And, and we're, we're inching ever closer to that uh, that special number that, that Wes said. You're 10 games in. He'll finally give a little love to Ken Palm. Um, last time that they reached this high in the Ken Palm era was, was in year one of, of uh, John Brandon back in the uh, year 2020. Uh, so that was, you know, the, the uh, year uh, right before the earth uh, stood still for a little bit, the uh, worldwide pandemic, if you will. But uh, teams humming, man. They uh, they look really good. This uh, Did you guys see the uh, graphic that the team put out uh, about the game against Florida Gulf Coast at yeah, all offensively? I'll tell, I'll tell Aaron and – and Ryan about it real quick. Uh, they, they had a 142.9 offensive efficiency rating against Florida Gulf Coast, which is the third best game for the Bearcats since the 1998-99 season. That's the when, Ken, uh, Palm Ken, era, Ken Palm era. Ken Palm era. Uh, C.J. Frederick is number four in the country in offensive efficiency. Victor Locken, number three. And then this is the sixth straight game with 85-plus points, which is the most – by any Bearcat team, the longest streak by any Bearcat team since the 1959-1960 season, which also happened to be the senior year for one Oscar Robertson. So obviously a uh, a, a very offensive-heavy team, and you got someone averaging 34 points per game. But man, uh, this is a squad that when shots are falling, and when when everyone's kind of just picking and choosing their their times to go get a bucket or or do this and that, they it looked like a juggernaut. Uh, you know, Florida Gulf Coast obviously is not going to be a dominant, you know, Final Four contender or anything of that sort, but still a team that, you know, played Indiana pretty well in Bloomington that, you know, played a couple of other teams that are, you know, P5 teams decently well and, and a team that West was giving some good credence to in the postgame press conference, and they just absolutely demolished them. Um, what's your guys' just pulse of the team as they get a week off? Heading into the the biggest test of the year up until this point, this Saturday evening. I hate week off, so I wish they'd stop scheduling this thing around finals week. Same. Um, I'd, I'd like to have a midweek game to kind of keep them in that. You know, you get in a, a rhythm of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, I I think they're playing well. I think you know you're you're going up against a Xavier team that has faced more adversity, uh, but they haven't won any of those games. 
Correct. So yeah, maybe you've been in a few more battles, but but you came out with your your nose bloodied and your your lips swollen, and you didn't get the the satisfaction of a victory. Now you know we'll we'll see if that means that they're a little more battle tested when things get in the crunch time. But um, so far, this is an X team that. You know, Desmond Claude has been their their best player. He has not yet developed into a go-to guy, though. Right. Like, he has not been throw the ball, clear out, and Des Claude's going to get you a bucket uh, to this point. Um, That's not to say it's not coming because he's super talented and he's probably, you know, a a fringe NBA type um, as he goes forward. But, you know, they don't have a lot inside yet. They got numbers, but they're they're young. Um, they're, they haven't proven really to be overly physical. Uh, give their guards a lot of credit for out-rebounding Houston um, the, the other night. But, you know, that wasn't a night where, like, their bigs really dominated. Uh, we'll talk plenty about this Houston team going forward. I don't. I don't know. I don't. They don't look like what we've seen from Houston the past couple of years, but right. a little more guard heavy and not as much, uh, not as much physicality as they've had the past couple of years. But, but you have to give X credit. They hung around with Purdue. They hung around with Houston. Uh, but you know they, they've also lost to Oakland. They lost to a Washington team that's that's not very good. Um, and their signature win at this point is St. Mary's. And St. Mary's is bad. Yeah. Like they're not good. So, you know, go out there and, and prove you've got the better team right now. Yeah. I I mean, no, no, Lo, sorry, no Logan Johnson at St. Mary's. All of a sudden they're, they're bad. Pretty, pretty crazy. Huh? But anyway, I digress. The, uh, the main thing about Xavier, you know, you mentioned Claude as well. And, and it's kind of funny. He's just, seems like a carbon copy of Colby Jones who had who they had last year. I and actually Ken Pond Colby is, was more is, advanced. Right, right, exactly. It's but his his comparison, like the player comparison, is actually Colby Jones from uh yeah. 2023, which is pretty wild to see. But like you said, he's averaging 17 points a game, but it's not like he ever really grabs the ball and, and, and takes over. I I've watched just a handful of minutes here and there of the team, but uh of, of Xavier that is but yeah, I, I mean, they've got a handful of guys that, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, heading into the game, and, and this is just college sports at you know in this era right now is that they've got only Claude, and then there's Uzman who who came from North Texas, Quincy Oliveri who came from Rice, yeah. Trey Green. It's the, Confer- it's the Conference USA second team All Stars, right? <laughs> Davion McKnight from Western Kentucky, then you know Dalen Swain and Trey Green, both freshmen. Then they've got. Gidas Namiksa, Sasa Siani, and Lazar Djokovic, uh, three Europeans as well. And and so it's kind of everyone's getting their first taste of the Crosstown shootout for Xavier. While for Cincinnati, obviously, there is a handful of players that, that did get, you know, some time, obviously, in games previous. I thought the the minute spread of last year's game Cincinnati was was pretty crazy to look at and the fact that they were able to kind of hang around and make that comeback in the second half when 
I, I mean, Micah Adams Woods, 23 minutes. Jeremiah Davenport, 20 minutes. Odio Guama, 25 minutes. Jarrett Hensley, 12 minutes. Josh Reed, 13 minutes. Dan Skilling's only played five minutes in that game last year. And then, of course, obviously, it was was Vic and, and Landers and uh, David DeJulius having that that big push. But, you know, it, this this seems like two completely different teams heading into this, this Saturday's game. It, it's it doesn't be... seem like two completely different teams. It, it is, is absolutely <laughs> right. two, as two different teams as you can get uh, yeah. in college basketball from one year to the next. You know, Cincinnati replaced four of their top five scorers in the Xavier top 10 of their rotation, there's one guy that, that played minutes last year. So yeah, it is, it is, you know, it's crazy to think as much turnover as there's been at Cincinnati, how much of a significant edge and guys that have played in this game just from Newman, Odie, Vic, and. You muted yourself, Chad. Um, I hit my cord, uh, Dan, a little bit. Um, you know, it's they haven't won there since 2001, guys. It's time. The guy that we just had on was was the leading scorer for that team. I just, I know that I know that people make this joke that the curse was broken with the TBT team, but that was honestly the first Cincinnati team that's won in that arena in a long time. And if they win, we'll this find year, out, Aaron. I think there's something. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. If they win this year, go ahead. I don't think there's something to be said for that, but I think just go ahead. Like, I, I don't think it definitely doesn't mean anything, uh, but run with it because it'll be true. And it doesn't, I would um, take any positive juju. Right. Exactly. Uh, over under the Trey Green as the random unexpected player that shoots the lights out. Look, yeah, there, I mean, the kid's an elite shooter. He hasn't shot it all that well yet, but didn't play. There is there, there is a level of uh, there. Trey Green loved Cincinnati, and Cincinnati was looking for something different at point guard. And I think in a different year, uh, you might have seen, you know, Trey Green had had become a Bearcat. But coming off of the first two years of the West Miller era, he was looking for somebody that was more like Jizzle, more like Isaiah Collier, more like Day-Day Thomas. Um, and, you know, that the unfortunate part of that was Trey Green wasn't necessarily that, you know, that mold of a player. So Cincinnati went a different direction, and he went to Xavier. Uh, I'm sure he remembers really liking Cincinnati and at one point in his recruitment, like favoring Cincinnati. And I'm sure he absolutely wants to put it on the Bearcats. Yeah. I, absolutely. And, uh, Chad, I, I think also another name to, to Sally look out for is, is uh, their point guard, Davion McKnight, who at Western was shooting mid – you know, 35%. He started like shooting 12% or 18%, something crazy like that. So it's like a, you know, hashtag John Brandon water finds its level situation where, you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully it's not in this game, but you know, I, one thing I thought about Xavier is that they, they play physical. Um, they do play good defense. They have 
a lot of guys that kind of just get after you. So with, you know, Day Day and Jizzle, you, you heard Logan talking about it. You know, they, they're they getting better and better each game, but this is going to be an environment that, you know, it'll be, uh, what, <laughs> powered times a thousand. So they're yeah. going to need to grow up immediately and, and be ready for this game, which I think they will be because uh, they've both shown that, that competitive desire so far early in their year. Sintas is going to be interesting to me, Brent, because it's not a place that's, that is accustomed to coming into this game four and four. Yeah. Right. So, so it can go one of two ways. I think like that place can be desperate and just, you know, hungry, see seething for a win. But I also think if you get them down early, you might be able to kind of negate what has been. Look, man, we talked about this last year, talked about the year before that. How many times has this this thing been 19 to 8? Yeah. By the second media timeout. Yep. Like, I, I just, like, I, I know, I think there was one year um, Berg left in, like, the first 12 minutes. Like he just <laughs> he just packed his shit up and left. He's like, I'm not doing this today. And I was like, but we're, co- like, I run, we're cover. I'm. We run a business. I, I'm paying you to cover the game, and he was like, "I'm not. Yeah, I'm out. Like, I'll still write about the game. I'll still talk about it, but I'm not. I'm not sitting here in this place and and watching it happen." And he just packed his shit up and left from yeah. from the top row of the arena. He probably drove home angry. Might have hit a pothole. Probably had to call Danco Joe at Danco Transmission and Auto Care. To get a quick, uh, a quick, you know, fixing on his, on his, you know, whatever that is on the tire. I'm not a big car guy, but uh, whatever that is, Danco Joe knows what needs to be done, and he'll get it fixed, and then potentially take you out for a little Mexican lunch afterwards if you are a nice guy. But uh, hit up, hit up Danco Joe over at Danco Transition and Care. Mention Ryan Royer. Mention Alec Pierce. Uh, get yourself a little, little dealio over there. But um, you know, Chad. You, you mentioned it, and, and Aaron and Ryan, I'm going to get you guys involved here, too. They were down 17 at half last year. Like, that's just something that is almost insurmountable in, in games like this, especially on the road. If you if you get down big early, I don't care if you're the better team. That is just going to compound, compound, compile. I mean, we saw it two years ago. That was a good Xavier team, but still. That, that was something where, you know, Cincinnati was fighting and fighting, and then the second that Xavier got a little run, it just compo- it just buried them. Uh, so yeah. definitely want to stay in touch early. Definitely want to be able to kind of match the punches. Because, Chad, like you said, in that Houston game, when it was on, on Friday against Xavier, Houston had that 13-point lead. Xavier came back, crowd was back into it. And then all of a sudden, Houston pushes it back out. Crowd gets back into it. And then it was a game the rest of the way. So definitely want to be able to win. Oh, they did it again yeah. at the start of the second half. Yeah. And got up by 13 and then, you yeah. know, got sloppy. And, I mean, here's the thing about that game that you can't really you can't really extrapolate to to anything, like, that that's going to happen uh, on Saturday. Everything was a foul. And I don't necessarily think that it was a bad whistle. I think it was a, a case of Houston 
yeah. always plays a style that says the philosophy is they can't call them all. And that right. officiating crew was like, well, that is that a challenge? Because we will call every fucking one. Every <laughs> one of them we will call. There were 55 fouls in that game, 60-something free throws. Like, yeah, you're going to foul every trip down the floor. We are going to blow our whistle every trip down the floor. Yep. And we are not to be deterred. Um, so I think that makes it hard to take anything either way. Like you credit Xavier for battling and staying within that game because it was clear yeah. Houston was more talented. But I, I don't know that you can take anything from it in terms of what does it mean for UC Xavier. Um, you know, it's one of the interesting storylines in this game. Xavier wants to go to the free throw line. Houston bit one of our players. We know they played they physical. Yeah, they <laughs> did. Dejan Giroux, man. That was that, a nuts game. That, that actually nuts happened. Game. He took a Mom. chunk out of poor Mamadou Diara's thigh. Do you remember that, Royer? Big old bite, little, little chop. Yeah, I, I was watching the game live. I was like, I couldn't – I like, what is going through your head? Like, like I don't know, man. That's just a psychotic – break you're a crazy person and it's never once gone through your head to try to bite somebody in the middle of a game because they put masks in front of the football players they know i would like i feel like you should swing on someone before you should bite them like that would be more like all right like he's just mad but he's like what's wrong with this dude like did he what happened to him this morning did something bad happen to him did someone forget to take something in the morning or something if you're 15 people, years from now like <laughs> former houston player arrested for cannibalism and we're all going to be like oh yep should have known <laughs> should have known more <laughs> seems like someone on the, on the bottom of a pile looking for like a, a a spare finger just bite it get get it through uh, the face mask take it no no, I was not. I thought I hated that shit. Anyway, if I ever saw someone do that shit, it was go time. Even if it was one of our boys too. Yeah. I, I that like that pile shit, man. Like you remember the Clemson dude, just oh yeah, assaulting people. Yep. With yeah. his yep. hand. Like, yep. what are you doing? <laughs> well, well, Mac, Mac that Jones, like Mac Jones, with our boys piled. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, the Clemson dude's the worst thing of all time. Like, you should get like a, a sexual assault charge or something for that. Like, I don't even know what, <laughs> but I, the biting's different. I think yeah. the, the biting's not as bad as the Clemson dude. So, um, Chad, a little bit to your point 81 free throws in the last three games combined for Xavier, and all three games are at Centos. So, that is a lot of trips to the free throw line. There's no doubt about that. Aaron, your your thoughts on the game? Well, but but here's the thing, Brent. Cincinnati fouls at a rate as low as just about anybody in the country. So it's going to be critical. Do not – what? I think at the the six – they were six minutes into the second half, X is in the bonus. Eight minutes into the – by the second media timeout, they were in a double bonus in that game. They're a team that is not proficient offensively. If you don't let them get to the line, it has been very difficult for them to score. Don't foul. Don't cheap hand checks, like stuff that just don't give them free stuff. And they should have a hard time putting points on the board. 
Aaron, Pulse, Pulse on the current Bearcat squad. First off, how awesome was that opening play off the tip? We've seen a lot of teams do that in college basketball where if, if you're confident you're going to win the tip, you just get that one back guy to set a screen on, on the guy who, who won the tip, get it out to the wing, easy oop, and the Bearcats perfected it, and that was just a uh, beginning to a fun offensive squad uh, all involved. But Aaron, thoughts on the team? and on the game this Saturday. Give me a dunk to start off the game every game. I'm here for that. Sets a nice little tone. Um, nine dunks in the game. Also here for that. You are uh, team. Your, your team dunk. Yeah. yeah. I've not been shy about that. Um, <laughs> Aaron thinks twos are better than threes. It's uh, more efficient shot. Math. You are a math major, Aaron. What the when you're making at a higher clip than you are from the three-point line. Anyway, we're not going to have that argument. This is already a two-and-a-half-hour podcast every single week, so we're not doing that here today. Okay. Um, I was I was very impressed, though, with just – it's I, I think that six six games now they've scored 85-plus. I'm, I'm here for all of the points they've been putting up. It's a fun offensive game to watch pretty much every game outside of that first half and against NKU. Um, but yeah, it's there. How many points did they score in that first half against NKU? It was just boring to watch and I'm, I'll die on that hill. Um, you have, I know several times. Um, he asked me, <laughs> I mean, we, we do this. We already did the show last night, so I'm trying, I'm just playing the hits at this point. Um, but yeah, they, they, I'm not going to say anything that we haven't heard Chad or, that I didn't say last night or, or that Steve said even tonight. I mean, they're just firing on all cylinders and I'm, we're getting to the point where we're getting nitpicky in the things that we're wanting to see this team improve upon. Um, and some of that's the fact that they haven't been road tested really outside of the Howard game. Um, and I don't know that I'm necessarily even calling that a, a true road test, uh, although it served as one, but this team still, we, we still have yet to see, them really on a on a tough terrain on the road, and uh, against. Did you see those ladies dancing, Aaron? Did you see the fun they were having at Howard? Starting with the the, the lady bison. <laughs> yeah, I they were having fun. That's a road test, man. I love mascots, dude. Yesterday was mascot day at uh, Fifth Third Arena, man. I was loving it. The, yeah, the block, day. The, the block of the of the Bearcat and then stepping over the kid was fantastic. Made its rounds on Twitter. There's there's some like little pig that is the mascot for the hockey team in Cincinnati. That that little pig had me dying. I, I that thing is hilarious. I like it. I love mascots, man. Somebody cut that and just have a clip mascots. where Brent says that little pig had me dying. <laughs> man, Royer, if you were there, I would have thrown my arm around you. We would have laughed together, man. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. But uh, I did like what Big John Goble brought up, and I did want to mention this because obviously CMOS Lukosius out of the game this past Sunday against uh, against uh, Florida Gulf Coast because he he was hit by a car, hit by a car, which is like. You saw what they put on the street, the Jefferson Avenue down by where the bubble used to be, right? They put all those speed bumps, like flashing lights. Didn't work. I mean, didn't work at all. So I don't know where, where did they say where he got hit? 
Jefferson it and Corbin. Yeah. Going back to the apartments. So right by the BP? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, people will fly through that area, man. Like I, I've seen people, I've seen people going like 60 miles an hour running that light. I'm just like, thank God there was no one walking because they would have been killed. But I'm glad he's doing all right though. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. But uh gotta take no. care of our, our players. <laughs> Be striking them with cars. He broke the windshield, so uh, I think the car got the worst uh, worst result. Did he draw the charge though? Did he get the charge call? (laughs) Was there was there a ref there? There's, I mean, it was a block. They've changed the charge rules. Oh, like, he's in the circle. Bro. He, he, he's he, in he the wasn't circle. set. He's in the he wasn't set. Like he had, he he's was still moving. Feet were still so <laughs> Well, word on the street is that CMOS did pop up and say, hey, man, you're going to have to call Danco Joe over at Danco Transmission and Auto Care. And, and <laughs> fix that windshield. Get this windshield fixed, man. Six, six, eight Russian just. Just no landed Mexican in your food for that person. Just he landed in your Mexican. passenger seat. And it's not Russian. Lithuanian. Six state Lithuanian landed in your passenger seat. And, and and he said he said you know if you're nice to him he might take you out for a little Mexican lunch too. So no, not after you hit hit a bearcat with your car. You don't yeah, get true. Mexican you'd lunch. have to lie. You'd say I, I had a really big <laughs> deer, a big deer. He ran so. it into Centos Center. <laughs> there you go. I did want to mention, and and hopefully, you know, he a week off for that one case could be a good good thing. So, um, because CMOS, the uh, coming out party that I had when it came to uh, one CMOS Lukosius was in the conference tournament in the year 2022. One CMOS Lukosius dropped 27 points, grabbed seven rebounds, dished out two assists. He took over the game and won in overtime against Xavier while he was at Butler. I, he was just magical in that game, if I'm being completely honest. So four of eight from three, 11 of 13 from the line. As a young freshman, just completely just dominated that game. And then, of course, he he parlayed that, had had 12 points, three and three uh, last year with, with Butler against Xavier, and then uh, had, had nine and uh, three and two. In the other game at Xavier while he was at Butler. Um, so he's familiar with playing against Xavier. Also finished uh, his career. Looks like it was two and two. Yeah, two and three against Xavier. But anyway, so hopefully he's back, able to contribute in this game because the team will be, be big time. Um, if nothing else, I am excited for this game. Big, big chance to, to show on a national stage that uh, – you know, Cincinnati's for real because because we've all seen it. We've all seen the flashes. Um, anything else on this game or, or basketball as a whole? I know we got a deep mailbag, so can keep this one rolling so we don't want two and a half hours for Aaron's sake. I mean, I pay, I pay him to work. Time to break it's okay case, if he baby. works. It's fine. I'm feeling it. What, what's that, right? I just the, – the the last quarter of last year, rolling into the offseason, I think we just had a ton of momentum start off the year strong looking exactly like where I thought West Miller would have the team. Um, everything's progressing and rolling. And now this is like the nail in the coffin. This is like the true litmus test of this team is to go in, win at Cintas, 
And I, I think they need to start out fast because, like you said, Xavier's going to – they're going to come harder than they came uh, at Houston. And they're not going to just – they're not just going to lay down. So they got to come out strong and they got to just keep it on them all night. And I, I, I'm, I'm hoping the Bearcats could keep that 7-10 point cushion going just all the way through like deep into the, the second half because you never know what happens with those rivalry games, man, especially – the kind of luck we've been having over there, over in Norwood. So I think it's time. They, they got to just go make it happen. I think Wes is going to have them super ready to go. I'm really excited to watch. Gosh. It does feel like a CMOS and Vic game. Just like carve it up, Xavier. I'd like I mean, it. they really struggled with Oakland's big like big guys. Like they, they, they really struggled to guard those guys and – um, I you know, we'll see. Like it, you're gonna have to put pressure on them. They can guard on the perimeter. Like, yeah. They showed that against Houston. They can guard on the perimeter. You're not gonna beat them with with guards. Yep. You're gonna have to beat them inside. That's their their soft spot. So Aziz, Vic, Simas, Odie, like that's going to be the path because that's what Houston didn't have. Houston doesn't have their normal, like, like three, four, you know, big bruising dudes they could throw in there. And that, that worked in Xavier's favor. Your advantage is you've got more inside than they do. Make them pet. Aaron and clothing. In clothing. What's clothing have to do with it? I said closing. Oh, did it sound like you said clothing, Ryan? Got a stuffy nose. I don't know, but it just made me laugh. The way he well, hopefully in clothing, in clothing too. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, the nightcap is going to be nude. So <laughs> the, new, the new segment. Never put that on paper. Not, not once. Keep it above. Keep it above the waist, and that'll be on Aaron's only pants. I'm good. <laughs> don't spill. Not yeah. I'm not Bert Kreischer in a nightcap. It's not happening. It's like it's like the old uh, what was that Naked News way back in the day that you would want to yeah want want to watch as a little kid. Just Aaron just slowly takes the hat off, then no. glasses. What what are you doing? Why are you even like what? describing this? It's weird. He's got the long uh, hair. Yeah, he does. Go go Bearcats. That's that's my my closing. Love Skyline, go Bearcats. Rock and roll. No free ads. No free ads. Go ahead, quick paper. I mean, free ads. Like, if you give me stuff, like, I'll, I'll do free ads. Okay. Uh, quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, they provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call our guy Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom. Happy Transfer Portal Day to you, Ryan Royer. Football talk. Yeah. Let's Let's, go. Let's let's get your thoughts on just – like this is just crazy. Like college, college sports yeah, is it's wild. Crazier than I thought it was going to be, man. College, college sports is wild, but college football, like I, the amount of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. You, yeah, you had Kyle McCord to the list. You, you had. Is, is I was Kyle surprised about Gabriel. I was going to say, is Kyle McCord or Dylan Gabriel the bigger surprise in the transfer Gabriel. portal? Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, I agree. 
because you know those Buckeye psychos that they freak they freak everyone out and they want to go get that Ward dude at at Wazoo, and that makes sense because you know like they expect like Stroud and Fields at Ohio State in the moment McCord wasn't like that. They're like, let's get them out of town, and it's just the psychosis of Ohio State fans. But Gabriel, one, I didn't know he had another year. Two, like, unless I, I didn't watch every one of Oklahoma's games, but I knew his stats. His stats were nice. It's, I don't know. I, I think the thing there is that they've got that Jackson Arnold guy, who, I, I'm sure maybe. Someone in Oklahoma was like, listen, Dylan, we love you, but we, we got to get Jackson Arnold out on the field or else we're going to lose Jackson Arnold. And and they the investment of Arnold yeah. is worth more. Yeah. Maybe something along those lines. Um, like That's why I was kind of surprised to see uh, the fact that you had um, Arch Manning say that he's going to be coming back to, tech, to, to Texas and not entering the portal himself or anything of that sort. So... Either way, uh, the thoughts on what you've been seeing as far as Bearcat side of things, obviously the the influx of, of Bearcat names to the portal kind of happened all throughout last week. And then now we're seeing a bunch of offers go out left and right as far as it goes for uh, targets that are in the portal. And, and obviously on BearcatJournal.com, phenomenal job keeping up with that. Um, Day, Chad, Keegan doing a great job. They're keeping that thread rocking and rolling. The VIP hot board, portal board, if you will. Um, I got some, Brent. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to know who you guys would want to go out and get for quarterback experience. Because I know I know they're going to go get one. They need to. Because you can't have just Drogosh and Lichty. You need to have – you need to bring in a guy that's going to compete with, with with them and push them and let the best man win, kind of like an Emory Jones situation, but God hoping it goes better. I got my pick, Ben Bryant. Th- <laughs> He's coming back for his third tour, and we're getting him, all right? And don't anyone challenge me on this. Okay? What is is it, that's his I uh, hear a goddamn word from that's his you, that's right? his bird flu year right he already used his <laughs> year that's a bird flu year now yeah it's, i uh have no comment there you go oh. there you go i i think that Chatty means Chad. i think that means everyone Chad, get on the board Chad has some names and and my you know i i think it'll be interesting as well because it's like so young in the whole transfer portal you know season if you will obviously i the the surprise that some names have had on just the general media and, and the general you know college football followers is you know I, will there be even more crazier names is, is there going to be something where you know someone might be the main target not necessarily a quarterback for a team initially and then all of a sudden they see 10 more names of at, at a position that they like and all of a sudden they're like okay What's going on with these? So I think it's it's it'll be interesting to see how different staffs approach the uh, portal as a whole because I'm sure there's a, a grouping of names that they they are understood with in the in the initial wave and then all of a sudden it seems like maybe the second wave and third wave is also going to be crazy. But um, 
as as chat said i'm not gonna here's what i would say ryan uh the more big name quarterbacks that enter the mix the better it is for uc yeah because 100 agree because then you have if uc got kyle mccord i i don't think that's gonna happen I know, but like uh, it's Marvin like, Harrison Jr. coming with him because if not, <laughs> I think he was pretty damn mediocre throwing to anyone uh, not named Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he would be good. That makes one of us. Yeah. It's all right. Out of uh, it's one out of four. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand. By I don't it. think he's. Here's the thing, Ryan. I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he really changes any a whole lot. Like. I don't think you go into that season next year thinking Kyle McCord changes much of anything. For you see for this offense, yeah. So we we'd still be good for one or two picks a game and just <laughs> hey, no man, no I, passing. I think there's a lot I think there's a lot of balls that Emery missed that I think McCord could make. Just like I thought Emery would make them too, but I don't know. I watched. I watched some of their games. I thought he was. I thought he was overhated. To be honest, I think that's fair. Like Ohio State fans are going to hate. Just you know. Yeah. Just you know what they're feeling right now. They're watching C.J. Stroud in the NFL and going, "Wait a minute, we didn't win a national championship with him." Yeah. Yeah. They almost did. They, they pulled did. one of the best college football teams of all time down to the wire. Yeah, they had maybe would, the NFL he, MVP as a rookie and didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. And um the uh Stroud played like Superman that game too. Yeah. He did. Like he played he his best game ever yeah. and they still couldn't yeah. win. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he'll have a great year. Probably Mac player of the year next year or something like that. But uh anyway, um wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. You heard I'm, it here first. Kyle McCord, Mac player. Obviously, you steal that you steal that from, from Zach Smith. No, no, who's Zach Smith? You, the the oh yeah, the no. job yeah, you that, know like, who Zach Smith is got yeah. hired from Ohio no, State. No. He does that no. show. He tweeted that out literally just straight troll farm. Like oh, did he? future Mac yeah. player of the year and like everyone was like dogging him. He's like, what's so bad about being in the Mac? Like it's a good thing to be the best player there. Twitter storm. Um, kind of, kind of, uh, obviously great question, Royer. And if, if, you know, someone was, wants to answer it, they can answer it with, with a name, but uh, I'm going to kind of, kind of put my spin on your question. And say what what position groups do you guys think is the most important for the staff to go after this round in the transfer portal? Corner safety edge rusher. Yeah. Like pick one. Yes. Pick one. Yes. They're not in great position at any of those three positions. They need help at all three and significant help at all three. And I think today was indicative of that. Uh as they you saw. DB after DB getting offers today. Yeah. Um, the edge rusher thing is is difficult, man. There's very few of those that uh, are actual impact guys, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to get a lot of money. So you're going to have to be a little creative on the edge rusher thing. But um, corners and safeties, man, th- this secondary in this league 
you cannot be bad against the pass. You cannot be bad against the pass. Yeah. Roy, do you agree? I do. Um, I think it was one of our strongest weaknesses uh, last year. And that's a is that I, an oxymoron, Aaron. Is that what that's called? Strongest, strong, weakness. our strongest weakness. Strongest that, that's weakness, an oxymoron. Yeah. Like like jumbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they that was, and it was like the worst part about it was how we like just completely fell off from the top of the cliff. Like having like the best secondary in the country, and it's like two years later, like just not just a not even close to a shell of our former self. Um, I think they need to go get another, they need to get a, um, a playmaking receiver yeah, as well. But I, I think that like I, they need like when they got Emory Jones, like the upside was, was there. Like the potential was there. Yeah. He just didn't, um, throw, he just didn't they, throw it well. Yeah. I know they need, they need, they need to go get a quarterback. That's like got significant snaps under his belt, and by God, if Brady Lichtenberg beats him out, then Brady Lichtenberg's the man. But they need to go get a dude, a dude that a dude that we will have no doubt can can at least have us in position to win games. Um, yeah. By making, I mean, if you were smart, that, I think you go you like you 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 peruse the Power Five level, and you find guys oh, yeah. with multiple years, maybe like a redshirt freshman that that started and did some good things in a power conference uh against some quality opponents um i would i would you know that's probably not a long list but if there if there was a list of those type of players i'd yeah. probably you know take a look okay yeah hmm. Hmm. i love when chad drops his little nuggets There's yet no... again you can dm chad brentel <laughs> Uh, to get that, you can just go to bearcatjournal.com. I know it's on there, Royer. Go read it. All the nuggets are on the journal, man. Hey, I man. think I look if you want, if you want to know, we're, we, we've got a 60% off sale right now. And I think Keegan is uh, tonight posting names of guys that are expected to be official visiting uh, transfers this week between now and Sunday. So if you want to know like who they're really serious about uh, in the portal, that usually begins with a player taking an official visit to your campus. Uh, If you want to know who's in line and look, man, trying to figure out these names and keep them straight is like herding cats uh, because they'll tell you they're coming one day on a visit and then somebody else comes in their DMS and next, the next day they're going somewhere else on an official visit. Like it's, it's chaos and anarchy, um, but we're doing the best we can. And Keegan is, uh, we've been texting. If you've seen me going back and forth on my phone, that is with Keegan working on a list of uh, guys that will plan to official visit between now and the weekend. Yeah, and and of, of course, also another thing to remember, when it comes to the transfer portal and just transferring in general, it's, it's not – like a recruitment of a high schooler. It's it's normally a pretty quick bang bang because they're trying to get there, get enrolled, and be ready for spring practice. You know, be ready for that second semester. Um, and so it it th- these things can happen very, very quickly. So 
as Chad's saying, lock yourself in on that. And is there still a little little deal going on, Chad? You want to plug that? 60% off uh, between now and uh, Wednesday night at midnight. So uh, jump in right now. I, I said it today. I firmly believe this. At 60% off, um, it's basically around $45, $40, for a full year. You are going to get that value between now and Christmas. Yeah. Like, it's, it's going to be so insane. Plus, you're going to get the Crosstown shootout. Plus, you're going to get uh, UC Dayton down at uh, Heritage Dump Arena. Um, <laughs> there's just going to be so much that we're doing uh, to bring information for the fans. Uh, tomorrow, we've got a press conference uh, with Wes previewing the Crosstown shootout. Plus, Scott Satterfield, Dante Corleone, Corey Kiner, Luke Kandra, Mason Fletcher uh you know there there's there's so much that's going to happen in these next two and a half weeks um that you're going to get your 40 dollars worth before we even hit new year's eve uh it, look <clears throat> i hate missing a bowl game mm -hmm. i hate missing the extra practice and the things that the advantages a program gets but if there's ever a time to do it like just th this team needs a talent infusion like you need yeah. to be all guns blazing on the road, recruiting, bringing uh, transfer portal visitors in to try to get them locked up. Like they they need this couple weeks right now where they are focused on nothing but making this roster better. Oh, we yeah. all agree it wasn't a bad roster. I think that's where people get screwed up in this whole conversation. It was Cincinnati did not have a bad roster this year, but they had a roster that wasn't good enough. Yeah. And like you can have a good roster in the Big 12. And if it's not good enough, you lose a bunch of coin flip games and you win one conference game. Iowa State did it last year. West Virginia did it last year. You can also be great, go undefeated, and not make the college football playoff in a Power Five conference. But you know, oh, whatever. I do want to hear your thoughts on that, Royer. We'll get we'll get to that. It's in the mailbag. On that's, what? That's oh, it is in the mailbag. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. The Florida State debacle, man. I just, I I do feel bad for those dudes. Um, but that's in the mailbag. Uh, anything more on this? Obviously, it's going to be a long process just building the team. It, it's gonna, uh, but you do have to take a step back and and look. You know, all five linemen, offensive linemen. You know, announcing that they're gonna be returning. Thousand yard rusher Corey Kiner announcing that he's gonna be returning. You know, there there are still Dante Corleone, Mason Fletcher, just yeah. numerous different guys that have mentioned they will be returning. That is Royer. You're you're brimming to I, say something. It's just like. I, I'm kind of being a hater, but everyone, it was just like, all I kept coming to my head was three and nine. Like, I'm coming right. back. It's like, we were three and fucking nine. Like, yeah. It well, shouldn't be like this. Like, it's the good. Guys all that are coming players. back are the, are the core of like yeah. what they did well. I think yes, that's the important yeah, part, right? Like, I agree. The, the guys, agree. you're not getting a bunch of corners. Like, we're coming back. No, hey, <laughs> fucking chill. I know it's just the bitter. It's the bitterness of just 
of me being just a bitter asshole and it's like god just well it goes back to what you said though you know like like okay the number six rushing team in the country well if you get a quarterback that is pretty good in the system and can make the throws in the system and you've got an offensive line that produced the sixth best rushing attack in the country it is not like Emory ran for a thousand yards himself. You know, it, it just, it, it seems like things, you know, you, you have the right pieces in place. Now you build depth and you, and you find the home run here and there to improve off of that three and nine record. I agree. Brent, yeah. Does your uh, elite memory, would it be able to pull back on how many missed touchdowns Emory had? Does your, yeah, does your you know what? depth, your depth of knowledge include that? I, I'd have to say it's, it's up, up there, probably around 10, I'd say. Yeah, um, I, would I mean, in, in the timeliness, too, sometimes it was right. either like right at the beginning where, holy shit, like you jump on you jump on some dudes that quick. Right. Or or it's like, oh, like we need this like here. Like we, we just let up a touchdown or we've been kind of reeling a little bit on offense and – yeah. There it is. Like, there's that play we set up that they probably schemed up all week, and it's ah, yeah, just over. Iowa State, very first play. I mean, very first drive. I, you know, yes, I we don't need to. So, whoever the hell Chad is hinting at, if he can <laughs> go 90% on those, I will be happy. That will make me feel a lot better. I've already cried enough about those last coin, those coin flips, man. You know, coin yeah. flips tend to come between those that seven point range. Yep. It always would be better to have one more seven pointer on the board, you know. I do agree. I do doggone agree, man. Um, I right, let's go ahead and timestamp this and hop in the mailbag. It's a deep one. Hold on. Let's go. Sending a text. Is it basketball heavy? No, nah, uh, football it's heavy. It's both. Oh it's my both gosh. Heavy. Uh, Quick Paper Supply, your local family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries. They provide a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. That brings us to the mailbag. Uh, which is brought to you by Home Field Apparel. There you go. Promo code BCJ23 gets you 15% off. Look, if you're buying a Christmas present for your favorite Bearcat fan, there's no better place to go than Home Field Apparel. <laughs> if you're looking for unique, vintage, quality designs, go to Home Field Apparel. Click on teams, find Cincinnati, and there's there's quarter zips, there's joggers, there's hoodies, there's you know crewnecks. There's you name it, they've got it. It's all outstanding. It's all got the marks and the labels that that you've known throughout your life. You can find one of them. Uh, I've got the uh, 1991-92. I should have worn that. I should have done the Great Midwest Tournament Championship. Um. When Lowe was here, I, 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 but he wasn't on those teams, obviously. He was later, but that would have been great. They've got the 56 baseball shirt. Um, just a lot of awesome, awesome stuff. Our good friends at Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. 
And uh, BCJ23 is your code for 15% off your order. Royer, you should do some digging and find out if uh, Ritter and Sauce swapped jerseys last night. It was kind of weird. They both came into my work, and we uh, I gave them my work polo. They gave me the jersey. I got them hung up in my cubicle. Did a, God, did I a love extra that. jersey swap. I love that. <laughs> the GE, uh, whatever the hell it's called. You know, I you know, it's, it's always hilarious when you see like the social media posts where like these like two guys went out in Vegas and it's like I I loved your work tonight and they just like swap shirts. Oh, we were we loved the jersey swap back in the day. Just like oh, random yeah. drunk idiot, like dude, we need the jersey swap. Just surely <laughs> some dumb, <laughs> sweaty, just oh yeah, stupidity. Also, as we're talking uh, Bearcats in the NFL, shout out to your boy Alec Pierce for having uh, quite a day. Maybe his his best day as a pro. Yeah, Sunday we were texting. He was like, we were like, yeah, we, he could have had like four touchdowns, damn near. One if he would have got on the Royer weight training, he would drag that dude in the end zone for a walk off. <laughs> Two, he looked like me jumping in the damn stands, like whatever that. Yeah, hell what was so, that? Celebrations in a stoop. Oh, he's <laughs> he so funny. He just trips. freaks out. Freaks out when he when he celebrated with the mascot before his team teammates yeah. last year. This year tries the Lambo leap in Tennessee, f- fails completely, then falls over. <laughs> it's just so Alec, dude. It's Alec. It's just like the, it's an engineer no celebrating a touchdown, is yeah, what it no is. Swag. That's what happens. No swag. He's got all the swag in his routes, but no swag in the end zone. <laughs> I loved it, though. I was so happy for him, man. He deserves Look, it all. There has never been a skill player with less swag than Alec Pierce. Never. Hey, I like ever, ever. Suit, though, pulling up. Pulling up I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the his, suit game is, yeah. his suit game is fine. I'm talking about, like, on-the-field swag. Alec though, Alec's a dog though. Like he, he kind I'm of not saying he's not a dog. I'm talking no. about it's like maybe maybe swag's not the word. Maybe it's drip. His drip, like <laughs> he's got there's the a kink drip. in the hose. His, <laughs> his hose is kink. He doesn't have any drip. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that was always the joke, is is like the white boy drip. It's just like at practice or in games. Yeah, but like, there's plenty of white boy wide receivers <laughs> that got some got some drip to him. I know, I know, but it's Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew has more drip. He's a white boy on his team. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. Oh, uh, he, it like Alec. He's just like he, during the game. Like he's got some decent shit talk, and he's he's he gets into it. Like he's got some like some fire to him. But like, yeah, swag. No, not really. <laughs> no, like he, his celebration. There's no swag in it. There's no like. His his field his field swag is kind of it's kind of very average, you know. Does but in the crash? NFL, they kind of limit it. They limit it too. But even in college, it wasn't even. It's not a. It's it's not it a. Mate. Come on, it's Does not a. Trash hey, man, involve- you make plays. You make plays. You're I, making millions. I, and dress however the hell I'm you not, want. Yeah, I'm not denigrating who he is as a player. I'm yeah, talking about is after the catch, he's. It's, it's, you know, does this trash talk involve the periodic table 
or or <laughs> square roots or cosines. <laughs> hey, you like that shit? Yeah, you like this shit, buddy? It's Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk, Kirk Cousins. The ultimate no drip, no swag <laughs> white guy in the history of the NFL. You like that? Plenty more of that you for like you, that? bud. <laughs> more where that came from, sir. Got a quarter for you. You can call your mom. <laughs> the guy doesn't even know what a payphone is. Like, what? Uh. That's fun. Anyway, sorry to completely derail this mailbag already. Uh, are there any football staff changes thus far for 2024? Not to my knowledge. Does that mean there's not going to be any? Uh, there's always staff changes. That's how the shit works. But to this point, there have not been any. Yeah, we, we saw, what, Wisconsin's wide receiver coach go to Notre Dame already. So there's there's Mike Brown things. that developed Alec Pierce, Tyler Scott, and Trey Tucker. And then my favorite part is the, the Notre Dame fans are livid that they got Mike Brown because he's not any good. I got to take a phone call. You guys talk for a, go for a minute. This should be fun. And also remember on this question that this is just the beginning of the coaching carousel as well so yeah everything will but we'll see none uh are nil deals typically done as one lump sum or are they paid out year to year um one thing that i saw on twitter today that was interesting was the fact that there was a guy who i guess is involved with the nal collective at rutgers talking about don't be surprised if you get sued by the by a collective for not honoring your agreement uh if you've already taken money or just not getting paid if you haven't yet fulfilled your agreement um which is the ugly part of nil that nobody talks about yeah i think also this is a case-by-case -case situation as well i think uh some nils are a lump sum or it could be just be like a car or it could be something along those lines or it could be something that's like stretched out year after year, or it's something where you promise someone $4.3 million and then it's, it's like comes close to the time to be coming onto campus. And then you say, Oh, sorry, we, we're not going to honor that anymore. And then before you know it, you're left out of money and you decide not to go there and go to Arizona state instead. So um, there's uh, different scenarios for each one, I believe. And I think, uh, I think a lot of the time, I think it's, it's paid out. Separately, Royer, I Ryan. think that's correct, right? Back when you made a bunch of money through NIL, <laughs> I didn't get jack shit. It, literally, I always, I was like, the year after I left, they gave everyone like 10k. Yeah, like Bert Burton's ass was getting 10k for holding the damn balls. I was like, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with that, I think they they give it out in chunks. But I don't know about the, like the big ass ones or like yeah. like whoever they're gonna go grab like a quarterback or something like that. I don't know how that's handled, but my guess is, and you know, just how, how like you get paid for a job every two weeks, but maybe they do it monthly or break it down by semester. I'm not sure though, but I don't think it's all at one time. All right. Do you think we are all done with expected portal entries from our team? Also the over, over under, at one and a half new portal commits for the football team by the next recording of the BBP. Uh, what's the question here? I think we're all done. I, 
Are we all done with people entering entries? the portal? Yes. I think that's yet again another fluid number. Um, so, I because the portal's open, so you can enter whenever you want. And maybe if you see something you don't like or this, that, and the other, you, you enter. I mean, this is more of a, of a Chad question, but he might say uh, no comment. But well, you can enter up until the window closes, and, and, and the later it gets into the portal, though, the less likely you are to find a home. Yeah. So, um, over under 1.5 new portal commits for the football team by the next recording of the BBP. We're all positive people, right? Should we all just take the over? I would, I would think that if you're, yeah, if you're going in, you probably already made that decision. I think they, no. they, the, the staff had oh. all their conversations with everybody as far as decisions by what Wednesday last week. Well, I think they're saying like. People committing to us out of the portal. Oh. Touche. Sure. Over. All right. Next question. Yep. Are they still looking at 12 to 15 ads? Seems like freshmen will have to play a lot. These seem like good Chad questions. <laughs> I don't yeah. know any of this um, shit. Yet again, I I think the, the scholarship breakdown right now is sitting around like 18, 17 to 20 available scholarships. Um, yet again, another fluid number. But, uh, I, I mean, Chad and, and Keegan um, and Coach Satterfield have mentioned that you know that number that that eleven to fourteen range, you know. So uh, I imagine if they see a fit and they like, they'll they'll exceed that number. But I mean, they don't have the extreme amount of uh, available scholarships to just bring in 25, 30 new players. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure where things are at right now as far as an exact number with the guys entering and what have you, but. Um, as a philosophy for recruiting the transfer portal, which do you think is a better strategy going after players who have started and played well at lower levels and are looking to move up or trying to snag players from bigger P five programs who have been blocked from playing time, but were much more highly rated coming out of high school. Do both. It's a great, great uh, question. Do both. Yeah. Do, both do both. Good. Yeah. Like, it doesn't but have to be to one of the one, other. Chad, pick one. You got to pick one. Um, That's what makes it a good question. Uh, here's the problem that you deal with when you when you get into the players that have been at a higher level that haven't played. Are they on the two deep? Like, are they are they just next in line behind an NFL guy? Like, are they are they on the cusp? Are they playing special teams? Are they, you know, are they, you know, the guys that you want in your program? Or are they on the third team because they're really talented, but they suck in the locker room? They're not a good teammate. Like, sure, they're more than talented enough to go play for Cincinnati. But are you inserting, you know, an influence into your locker room that if everything doesn't go perfect, they're going to be a pain in the ass? Generally, generally speaking, the guys at the lower level 
that have dominated are work hard, try hard, you know, they went to that lower level to prove something and now they're ready to move up a level and prove something there. Ryan, what was Brian Cook like when he came into the program? Dog. Like I've told the story I had to fuck. Yeah. Even like when he was, when he couldn't play, he hold on. Sorry. I don't know what the, what the hell they're doing in the kitchen, but they're doing something. (laughs) He, he would he couldn't he couldn't play so he would just be on scout team um yeah. with us on defense and then he'd be on scout team for special teams and this dude's like a starter level player on defense and he'd be up against me and at when I was a two on the kickoff drill and every and you got your ass kicked Oh no! It was a good battle. It was, he wasn't he wasn't killing me, but it was every day. It was like I have to like. I have to like fight for my life to, to like not get embarrassed. And he probably was just taking it chill, <laughs> but, but um, that like, that was the kind of dude he was like, he, he was like, even when he wasn't playing and he was like trying, he was like going hard as fuck during like scout special team drills and like those, and like not everyone's going to be a Brian cook, but right. Have but- that, yeah. Those are the kind of guys you want from the lower level. Just, love the game dudes because they're going to find a way to like trans transfer what they did at a lower level to a higher level right. just like Brian one of did. the guys that they offered today that was has played at a lower level he had 155 tackles in the past two years from safety like yeah got that yeah go go get that guy like that guy on the surface as long as they're not there's not anything glaring when you do your your background check or like you know that that portion of it Go get the guy that's a dog that, that's out there every day trying to be the best player on the team. Like, I'll take that every day. Um, I, I will take – I have no problem with guys that have been nipping at the heels at the Power 5 level, and and maybe it's a situation where the starter at that position is coming back or, you know, like whatever. Like, they didn't feel like they got a fair shake, but – um, I'm a little more careful with the power five guys and here let's be serious. They're not dropping down anymore. They're not going to the AAC. They're going to the big 12. Yep. The, the, that terminology doesn't work anymore. They're not dropping down. They're coming to play at the highest level. If If they were just blocked, I don't have a problem with that. If they were third team, when they should have been first, is that really what you want? Yeah. All right. I mean, um, you see it more in, in basketball where, like, all all the guys that are transferring up were stars on their previous level. So that is, is, a, is good within itself. But the guys who are transferring, you know, just a similar equal. step. Yeah. Those are guys that have been this. raised in a big level program and high level programs that also add. So yeah, you, you need to mix both. But I think in order to hit a home run, you, you might need a couple of stars that are leveling up. Look, Ford and Hudson, th- those guys were on the the precipice of being starters at Alabama and Michigan. Like that's what I'm talking about. Right. 
right? Like th- those were like you you try to find those guys, those yep. guys that were on the two the two deep and nipping at the heels of a starter. Um, Hudson had a falling out with Harbaugh because Harbaugh's a piece of shit. Um, that's what happens. But like Ford left Alabama with glowing reviews. Nick Saban was like, "Look, man, I think you could have helped us, but we had some dudes ahead of him, and you know." I'm more than happy for him to go get his chance elsewhere, and he did, and he was awesome. And now, he's he's doing really well for the Browns, isn't he, Royer? He wasn't listening. He might be frozen. Yes, he is. Sorry, my my connections. Can you hear me? Yes, we got you. My connections being all weird right now. Randy said you knew. I mean, Ford is he still? Go ahead. Go ahead. This continues to like impress me and kind of amaze me for the Browns. Cause he's just like, he doesn't do anything like spectacular. Like when he's running, like he doesn't like truck dudes or he doesn't like juke someone out of his shoes, but he's always breaking tackles. He's always getting yards yeah. after the rush. He's, he's good. I don't know how much he's of that good. you heard, but I, no, we heard it. All of it. We got all of it. Uh Randy, uh Brady Lichtenberger, Randy Lochtenfeld, sorry. Um said you do what you do with the NL NIL money you have. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's very possible. Like you know, we talked about like you you hope that the transfer quarterback market is flooded with as many guys as possible. You want that because what you don't want is a team with a whole bunch of like uh, budget for a for a quarterback transfer to all of a sudden show up eyeing your quarterback target. <laughs> you, you work with what you got, and it, it's it's like kind of like salary cap. Okay, here is what we have to work with, and this is how we plan to allocate it, and we'll see how it goes from there. Speaking of the NIL, how big is it for the NIL funds that the five offensive line starters are returning? Big. It's big not to have to budget for offensive line because offensive line is expensive because everybody needs needs some. Agreed. Do you have any insight into how the athletic department reacted to the FSU snub? I'm sure the focus right now is on the portal and recruiting, but I would think there has at least been a comment or two made. I know Zach Stipe, who was the SID at Florida State, said something publicly. Yeah, I mean, Twitter. yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's not something I'm asking. Like, I'm not calling people today on the day that the portal opens, uh, asking them their thoughts on the Florida State snub. Um, <laughs> yeah, Zach said, uh, yeah. I've, I've worked in college football for over a decade and in four different conferences. I cannot believe for the life of me how an undefeated P5 champ was left out of the playoff and it ruined my day. Yeah, it's stupid. I hate it, but I hate this it. Is, this is the one spot in the, in the mailbag that we have to talk about the CFP. So, yeah, I, I hate, I hate that there has been a a precedent set no matter how this, even if the precedent is no longer um, 
a four <laughs> a four team playoff. Um, sorry, uh, the Bengals just tried to run like a, a throwback, uh, and Tyler Boyd uh, just threw it right right to a Jaguars defender for a touchdown. It's maybe the worst play you'll ever see. When you see it, it's maybe the worst. One of the top five was, worst play he, you'll ever he see. He was tackled like eight yards shy of the touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown. Oh, okay. Well, they just celebrate every interception in the end zone. I mean, it's as bad a play as you'll ever see. It was it was dreadful. But yeah, back to the CFP. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible. Um, it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. You have a team. I don't care. Like, I don't care if they're top seven quarterbacks, you know, uh, went missing in the Amazon on a, like a, a, a weekend excursion during the bye week. Like you went undefeated. That has to mean something. It can't, here's the problem. It can't mean nothing. And, and what it means is, oh, uh, congratulations, pat on the head. And now you get the two-time defending national champion Georgia in your New Year's Six Bowl. And everyone's going to say, look, they didn't deserve to be in. Right. Royer, your thoughts when you saw things unraveling yesterday? Um, Yeah, Florida State got hosed, but I do think Alabama would beat them by two touchdowns. And that must be the committee's, like, stance, even though it's wrong. So I, uh, and putting in Bama, it's like, all right, we knew that you knew they were like, all we right, know we Bama, Bama would win by three touchdowns though. I like the SEC is I, not, I think, I think they beat Florida State by cut. three touchdowns. Bama hasn't beaten anyone by three touchdowns all year. I think the way they're playing now, they would beat Florida State. Bama struggled out oh, South Florida. Shut up, Royer. They no, just, they would. just, they needed 30, 31 to beat Auburn. I'm Auburn telling you, man. Sucked. Did you watch the game? Did I watch the Alabama Auburn game? Yes. No, 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 no. That was a week ago. It was a week ago. I'm just saying that I think Alabama would beat them by two touchdowns, but Florida State should be in. And the fact they put Alabama in, you knew they were going to do it because they need that shit because they're fucking. Corrupt in their reasoning, so that well, automatically just puts Texas in at three. So here it's is like, their even here though, is their fear. Even, here was their fear: if they put Florida State in, it was at four, and Florida State would get their their the doors beaten off by Michigan, which I don't think would have been the case because I don't think Michigan's offense would have had much success against Florida State. I think that would have actually been a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, but I, I I just it. it it does damage to the health of the sport, Ryan. Yeah, it does. I agree. No, Florida State should be in. You win every game you play. You beat an LSU. Um, like, imagine if they would have done that shit to us. And, right. And, and Florida State had a better re- resume than we did. Um, our 13-0 year. Even though, yeah. like, we had that Notre Dame win. But, like, I think that LSU wins a little bit, a little bit better. Um, they just had a lot more opportunity than you guys did because you were in America. Yeah. Um, but I am glad it's Alabama, Michigan and Texas and Washington are playing each other. Cause I can see, I could see if Michigan was playing Michigan or Bama were playing 
um, either of those two teams. I could see it going poorly. I, I, I see a Texas Bama rematch not going the same way, but I think that Texas Washington game is a great matchup. I think it's gonna be a great game. Um, same with Michigan and uh, Bama. I think it, but yeah, it should be Florida State. I feel bad for Georgia because they're they're a great team. Who would have thought they would have dropped like all the way down as far as they did? Um, but it's just kind of like the chaos of of the four team system. Now it's going right into the twelve team shit. So it gives the Bearcats a chance every year. If they can win the Big 12. Ryan, the SEC's best victory this season was to Louisville. Yeah, by Kentucky. Yeah, yeah and, that was their best and, win all year. And Louisville was the team that FSU beat to remain undefeated. Yeah. I think that I think the SEC needs to I think the SEC needs to start scheduling tougher games or winning some of these tougher games if they want to be considered the best conference. Just because you're paid the best doesn't mean that you are the actual best. I'm tired of it. It was just an it was an average year for the SEC. You know why? Look at the quarterbacks in the SEC. They're trash. It wasn't a great year for quarterbacks in the in the conference, so they were mid. That's how you end up uh, needing fourth and thirty-one uh, to beat Auburn uh, just to have a chance a to go to the college football playoff. And then have everybody pretend like uh, you didn't go tooth and nail with a six and six Auburn team uh, to close the season. Yeah, like, yeah, like the ACC was six and four against the SEC. Yeah, and, and the SEC was seven and nine against Power Five conference schools. And and also, you know, out to add on to it, the SEC has won like thirteen out of the last seventeen national championships, which is why, you know. They get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Everyone's like they get the most team. Game. They've had the most appearances, though. Like, yeah, just because Alabama gets a free pass every year, unless they yeah, really fuck up, unless, <laughs> unless they lose twice. Right. If they lose twice, then they're out. That's the only the only thing that has to happen to Alabama for them to not make it is to lose twice. Florida State being the first undefeated G five to not make it in is disgusting. In any case. Uh, if we get a portal quarterback with two years of eligibility, for instance, Bo Nix in Oregon, where we commit large NIL dollars, what are you thinking if you are Brady Drogosh? Hope this guy's real good and goes to the NFL next year. <laughs> what do you want me to say? What do you want us to say here? You know the answer. It's a rhetorical question. What are you thinking if you're Brady Drogosh? That's a long time you before I go. <laughs> right? What are you thinking if that's your situation? But you don't have to like like act like each other like we're dumb here. You know the answer to that question the same as I do. You're thinking, shit, that makes my life a lot a lot harder. Iron sharpens iron. What letter uh, grade would you quarterback give this year's rushing offense? They're, 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 I'd say quarterback sharp. Top quarterback five in yards per game. Sorry. Top five in yards per game is amazing, but I also had no confidence that they could pick up a third and short or any yards near the goal line. 
Not sure if rushing touchdowns is the best stat to track short yardage, but you see had half the rushing touchdowns, 14, compared to the next closest team in the top five in yards per game, 39-33, 31-28. I think here's the, the thing you have to consider. If you're in down and distance, like tight situations, and you can't, you aren't a threat to really beat a team with the pass, it's very hard to run it. It's it's very hard to just line up and say we're going to run you over. Like you, you, that's not the type of offense that you're going to have. You know, outside of a year where like maybe your offensive line, like you know, like West Virginia this year um, had what pretty much everybody return Brent. Yeah, yeah, they and and they could line up and push you around. Yeah, they could line up and push you around. Um, if you can't make teams back off and guard the passing game, third and short, fourth and short is going to be just—it's it, not fun if you're an offensive coordinator because then you have to like—you got to trick somebody. You got to like—you can't just line up and just say our our seven guys are going to beat your nine guys. Because That's we're why not you saw that out. one weird, like you know that that one fourth down where they like faked the sneak and tried to throw a pop pass. Like yeah. they had to get exotic because they knew like the defense is gearing in a hundred percent to try and stop Corey Kiner up the middle, and, or or a QB draw with Emory Jones. So right, yeah, it's it's tough. But if you have a good, consistent, decent passing game, guess what that does? It opens up the option for a quick pass. On a fourth and short, but and, and and it makes the defense have to respect it, where guys right. have to stay home. Not right. everybody just crashes the line of scrimmage, and there's no right, no space for anything to develop. All right, I heard Chad mention briefly that UC now has scouts rather than recruiters. Can you guys talk about this more? Is this a new approach across college is- sports? Seems fascinating to me. That is not what I said. I I clarified it twice when I said it. They have scouts, guys that are are at the top of their resume, scouts. They also still are recruiters. Like, that's not shunning one for the other. Um, Guess what? Like, when they had recruiters at the top of that room, they still watched a shit ton of tape and scouted. But their specialty was the relationships, the recruiting side of it. Now, when you go to a little bit more of a bigger room, um, you still have a guy like, I think I would consider Cass like a recruiter. Like that is, everybody talks about how great he is building relationships. And that's not to say he's bad at scouting. That's to say that, you know, if we're doing like a Madden scoring system, recruiter would be a little bit higher than scouter. Um, but a guy like Zach Grant, a guy like Jack Griffith, those guys have spent a large majority of their career in scouting. And I think the way that this stuff has gone, especially when you're talking the transfer portal, recruiting doesn't mean nearly as much in the portal than it does in high school recruiting. Because you have basically, remember, the portal opened today. The 
second week of January, classes start at most places. So you have five weeks to get this done. There isn't a lot of recruiting, but there is a lot of scouting. You better have that player scouted and, and be ready for your evaluation on tape on whether they can be a major contributor or not. Um, so I think that's where the switch from high school and high school recruiting is always going to be a major factor, but the portal becoming so much more important makes scouting even more, uh, of a, of a priority. Uh, would you agree, Ryan? Like in recruiting in high school recruiting, it's relationships, man. You're recruiting these guys through spring practice and through summer camps and then through official visits and trying to get them to commit and then keeping them committed. Like it's a months and months and months and months thing. The portal, it's like, you know, you dap somebody up and they want to know, like, you ready to commit? <laughs> it's money and it's playing time. You got right. both of them. Uh, is the school not a shithole? Yeah, I'll come. That's probably like super low on the list too. The school being a shithole. Uh -huh. Can I play? Can I get paid? So I could get tape out and go to the league. It's literally like free agency. That's what the we're doing. Last question in the football portion of the mailbag. Can you review for us how letters of intent work for portal transfers? How are they different from incoming freshman recruit letters of intent? Is there any difference between grad and undergrad transfer? There, there are no letters of intent for transfers yet. I think they're coming. I think Guard everybody rails. wants them. Well, a lot of people want them. Guardrails. So that so that when a kid commits, like right now, a kid could commit to UC today, and it doesn't matter until he starts classes the second week of January. Well, we saw that like two different times with, with yeah. this last offseason. That one dude, right. the wide receiver committed, then he went to Colorado. <laughs> like right. that Auburn kid, like three days yeah. later. Yeah. Did he do anything in Colorado? I think he had like one touchdown. Money well spent. Um, so yeah, I, I think look for, uh, in the summer to hear that there are some guardrails being put in place for, uh, locking you in as a transfer so that you don't get to like commit and then spend three weeks, like trying to see how much money you can make with everybody that comes calling. So, uh, right now there is no LOI. Uh, just for high school, not for transfers. All right. That is the football portion of the mailbag. Moving over to the basketball portion. $100 bet taken from Aaron's paycheck. I love how people are just spending my money, uh, even if I went to high school with Zach. Uh, which side are you taking at even odds, tournament team or not a tournament team? Uh, for right now, tournament team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't like. I, I, I don't feel. I don't feel massively great about it, but for right now, they look like the part of a tournament team. They're not. They're not struggling with teams they should handle. They're right. they're winning by more than they're expected to win in most every game. Um, things are about to get a hell of a lot tougher, and we'll see where it goes from there. But for now, uh, tournament team. 
I agree. Yep. But I'm not spending a hundred dollars out of my put that bet down, Aaron. Put it down. Shut up. Shut up, Brent. You don't know what I have to deal with financially. You don't know my life. I love you though. I know. For each of you, what is your first crosstown shootout memory? What is your best crosstown shootout memory? Uh, first, I was I was a youngin, a young little lad, a little wee boy, at Fifth Third Arena, just looking up and seeing the noise meter going up and down. That's that's probably my uh, my my first crosstown shootout memory. I don't even remember the year, but I was under the age of ten. Um, then uh, the uh, best, I I'd have to say that. The uh, Troy Copain senior year, that you know when when Trayvon Blue had dropped forty, I I've said it a bunch. Just how loud Old Fifth Third Arena that final year got when they made that you know big comeback. Jaron had like three straight big plays on on JP Makira. Just that was just electric, absolute electric. Big boyed him. Yeah, I would say uh, that's probably my 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 best. Daniel, Daniel, I'm just going to let you know, like, that's how you get banned from this channel. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't even, <sighs> don't uh, just uh, like, it's like bringing up the N word, the N Nevada word. Yeah. We don't bring up Thank Nevada you. here. I almost did it. I almost did it like Brent did it and I caught it quickly. Like I It's did. almost like bringing up Nevada. We don't talk about Nevada here. Um, you like that one First, weather man. Did you see that clip? Yeah, yeah. We're not, <laughs> yeah, we're not um, for, I can't even remember. Like, I, it's been so, like, I don't know. Like, I started watching sports when I was, like, two. Like, I, I yeah. remember vaguely cheering for the Bengals in the 1982 Super Bowl. That's how old I am, Royer. <laughs> not too old. But I will agree with Brent. Watch him blew it. Watching that first half where it just felt like here, are you kidding? They're gonna come in here and do that. Yeah. And then Jaron, it's a shame this wasn't a like the too small wasn't yeah. a thing. Uh when Jaron big boy uh bitch boy Makira. And then Troy with that perfect like bounce off the front rim and yeah. And then yeah. one of these, like that was that was great. That was great. I think that was the Berg reggae game where he just listened to reggae the entire time uh, because reggae calmed his soul. Fair enough. He, he had his headphones in. Did he listen to reggae the entire game? Berg is a cartoon. I love it. I really love is. it. Like if I could, if, if we could go back in time. And and just have him like not go through all the shit that that his family has had to go through, and I could follow him around with a camera during basketball season, it would get millions of views because he is he's a he's special. He's special. For me, I, I remember watching the games, and it, there was back and forth when I was a kid growing up. I mean, for a while there. Um, never knew who was going to win and it was just time me and my dad spent and he had lots of 
choice words for that Xavier. team from across town. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I you don't have to be sorry, Daniel. Yeah. I'm just joking. We're just kidding. Um, favorite memory. I, I think I'm probably with you guys, truthfully. Um, just I also like Yancey's senior year was another one. Can he punch uh, Kenny Freeze in the face? Oh, no. That was a different year. No, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> Was that his, I, I guess, yeah, his that junior was, year then? Yeah. The one where he had like 32 and 10. At, at, at yeah. Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah. And then also the Eric Hicks senior year, 2006. Yeah. Or Logan, 2001. Yep. 20-point win in Centos Center. <laughs> dude. We thought at the time that was setting a tone. Dude, he, he laid that ball in with 0.5, and both teams were already shaking hands, and the rest were like, uh, you guys need to inbound. And I think they just ran the clock out. Like, yeah. didn't even worry about it. All right. The game yep. is tied. Last possession. Bearcats have the ball. Who is on the court, and who do you have shooting the last shot? Go ahead, boys. I want to hear the, I want to hear the other answers. I will say – Jizzle at the one, Dan Skillings at the two. Well, I guess CJ at the two, Dan at the three, uh, Dick at the four, Aziz at the five. And right now, I think uh, I think I want Dan shooting. Um, well, first off, I want to uh, pull back and and say that it was two thousand five. It was Max Seal's senior year. At the third arena, that okay. that 06 was that crazy, you know, Jihad Muhammad game. But uh, yeah, the who last possession? You know how many game? games that describes that crazy Jihad Muhammad game? <laughs> right. <laughs> How's that his first all game? Of the game. Down- it describes all the Jihad Muhammad games. Downtown Indy, they played uh, Purdue, and he, <laughs> I like, it was a wild game, and and he, he, I was like, he was this guy. Yeah. But it was fun. Um, on the court, man, uh, you want to have Vic and you want to have Aziz for rebounding, but you also want to space. CMOS, man, you want I, dude, it's just crazy the amount of, of options. I, I think obviously we've seen kind of the go-to play is just a high ball screen and let – Letting Day Day get downhill, uh, that seems to be like the end of game or end of half situations. But they haven't had a, a tough one. But I'd like to see if, if CMOS gets rolling, maybe have the ball in CMOS's hands with the ability to kind of break down a defense and either throw a lob to Aziz or or kick it outside for one of the shooters. Or if he's got a open floater or mid range, that as well. But. We just haven't been in that scenario yet. Day Day, CJ, Dan, CMOS, Vic. Offensively, that's what I want. I agree with you, Chad, there. Who's shooting the shot? Uh, the open guy. That's I mean, not the you question. Know, you, you play, you I play, like Day I, I kind of do too. I, I'm. I'm going to die on that hill that CMOS is the most efficient and effective offensive player on this team. Um, I don't think he has found his rhythm yet. 
but I don't think it is far off. So I, I'm still going to go Day uh, Day off a high ball screen, Seamoss uh, off of you know like some kind of action that allows him to uh, create to take a mid range. Yeah. yeah, I could see him just getting the ball, kind of backing the guy down a little bit around the elbow, and just either. Just turn around jumper or he's got a great floater too. Yeah. Coming off a dribble and just getting right around the right a yep. couple steps inside the free throw line and just I agree. I'm with you, Roy. Or just throw a lob to a seat. That would be easy. Throw it somewhere at the top of the backboard and let him dunk. We win. F it. He's down there somewhere. Mick was right. 89 and 18 his last three years at UC in the AAC with two 30-win years. How do those teams fare in the Big 12? Does this team have a chance to be better than those teams? So it's tough. I think the Troy Kevin guard teams uh, are good, but they still like – they didn't have elite athleticism like you need at the guard spots in the Big 12, like of right now. Um, when when you add Jake, Jaron, Gary, and Kyle, those last two years, I think you've got a much better chance. But I, you know, I still think probably like. Like what, Brent? Would you say like uh, teams that go roughly twelve and six, thirteen and five in Big Twelve play get like a four seed, protected seed type thing? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Troy's Troy senior year, obviously a little bit less, but I, I I think that that team that was a two seed is would would be. Was still a protected seed. Yeah, battling for a Big 12 championship, honestly. Yeah. All right. Player ratings for the Florida Gulf Coast game, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being exceptional. 1, Vic, 2, CJ Frederick, 3, John Newman, 4, Dan Skillings, and 5, Jizzle James. Uh, Agreed. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. It was their best offensive game in the Ken Palm era. Yeah, they're one of the, like one of their best stretches since like the sixties. Like it, like everybody was at the top of their game, uh, other than Dan not scoring. Really, uh, everybody was really kind of at the peak of like what they do. They doubled the spread. Yeah, it was it was a of- really good game. They were all double-digit plus-minus. C.J. Frederick only plus 11 only. Uh, John only plus 14. Uh, But Vic was plus 23. Dan plus 25. And Jizzle plus 27. So Those are good. Those are good. do Do with that what you will. If you could add one player from last year's team to this team, who would it be? Oh, 
I guess Landers just because of shooting, but I, I don't like if you add Landers, the element of like the ball stops more than it has. And I think you run but, you must do you run into that with Dave also? Oh no, I think I think Dave I'm could be Dave pass I'm first. Dave, he's a dog. Yeah, I think if you told Dave, hey, Dave, we need to every if Dave if Dave was playing the two instead of the one, I think that the ball doesn't necessarily stop as much with Dave. Gosh, that's a hard question. Can I just can I just multiply Vic times two? Just get another Vic out there. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Look, man, forty-two point seven percent from three. Yeah, probably do Landers. But Dave's a dog. I, I agree, I, but I, I think I would go Landers. Just well, how much how much better would Dave be on a team where he didn't have to be a a scorer though? Like if he has an off night, it's it's okay. Yeah. Or if he goes off for thirty, yeah, great. Yeah, but I, I I'm just saying I think you have to with Dave as like the guy with the ball in his hands. It looks a lot different than what we're seeing right now. I think Landers could adjust to a catch and shoot more of a catch and shoot role. Yeah. Uh, but tough call. Could you imagine this offense, like with Landers at the four, as your stretch four shooting forty three percent from three on yeah. high, high? Like, I don't think we gave enough credit to what Landers did from three last year, considering right. the volume. That dude shot a lot of fucking threes, man. A lot how, of them. How about that second wave coming in off the bench of Jizzle? Dan, CMOS, and Landers, and then you keep yeah. one one of Vicar Z's out oh, there. Landers was not coming off coming off the bench. I know, but that type of a skill set, I guess. <laughs> take one of the take take one of the guys that's starting now and add them to what you were saying. Right, right. Just a little flip. John Newman off the bench, mm-hmm. or yeah. <laughs> CMOS off the bench at that point. He's already off the bench. CMOS and Dan are already off the bench. They're, that's already yeah. j- Jizzle. CMOS and Dan are already like bench players. Has Chad cracked his Bearcat Journal New Rift six-year malted rye bottle yet? Have you seen this, Royer? I have not. That looks pretty cool, man. It's from New Rift. Uh Oh, yeah, yeah, over there in Newport. Yeah, so one of the guys that's, like, pretty high up there is a Bearcat Journal guy. Um, he he was offering to bring me bourbon, like, regularly while Kelly was in the hospital. And we just never got a chance to meet up. So he was at the uh, the Rheingeist thing uh, for the Howard game. And he brought it to me. And I said, Wednesday... That you know, this thing's too pretty to open. So we were gonna save it in the event that like then when UC makes the final four, be it football or basketball, whatever, this would be what we do. And then he hit me up and he said, Don't you dare not drink that bottle of bourbon. I gave it to you to drink. <laughs> so uh, we are going to save it for Saturday and see what happens. And he told me if UC makes a final four, that he would be uh, supplying the entire BCJ staff with one of these. Oh, 
so that we could drink it together to celebrate the oh, final Chad, four. Let me show you this. Oh, Royer, what do you got? <laughs> I'm saving this. One of my buddies in uh, Sigma Sigma, uh, Joe Kemper, he got me just so not as that he, he engraved it. Wait, can you see it? You see this college football playoff symbol? It's kind of faint. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. I just like a – it's nothing like super fancy, but he put like the Sigma Sigma thing on it, and I told him that if they ever get back to the playoff. But hey, I'll baby. match you, Chad. We can – we'll each finish our bottle, and we'll see what that happens good to too. us. <laughs> We're Saturday night where I'm gonna I have to finish this Saturday night. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's what I'm telling you. Start early. Kelsey said. Heads, <laughs> heads would be in fans. I love give some, so, of, it, love give some of it to the dogs, Chad. Just put a little shot. Give some of it to the dogs or <laughs> give some of it to Kelsey, one of the two. No, the um, dogs. <laughs> Saturday night, if the Bearcats win, we will be enjoying this on stream. Oh, I would love All right. That's the end of the Basketball portion of the mailbag, moving on to the Banks portion, and then we'll get out of here. I found it interesting that Aaron found out about vacation days that not even two days passed, and he has power issues. What should be the solution to solve this power problem? I'm thinking hamster wheel and dial-up internet. Look, I it was the coldest night of the entire winter thus far. How do you not have a generator? With as much as you guys have lost power. Look, I've looked into it. Those cost money. I want the whole home generator. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And those cost between like five and eight. And then you still have to pay for install. Wouldn't you have felt better with a one room generator that night that it was the coldest night and you didn't have any heat? No, because I'd end up screwing something up with it being a gas generator. And let's be real. (laughs) Did you you go to a hotel? No, we, we, we huddled under blankets. We had the baby in our bed until the, power kicked back on around like 11 30 and we didn't have to go through the whole night but it was from 6 p.m until 11 30 that the power was out you could always add more layers there you go as soon as the power came back on though that baby was out of our bed she is not one to be she doesn't sleep she's, she's not a cuddle sleeper she's like no nah, let's party don't skip skins <laughs> question i'm not i'm getting to it but i've figured we should end with skins like we normally do cold stone creamery of bat or baskin robbins cold stone rapid fire cold stone i am also cold stone uh is cj anthony the best walk-on in uc sports since royer (laughs) uh i mean antoine peak pretty good joe huber yeah they're all better than me. <laughs> with, um, with with silence comes violence. Hey, but Ryan, none of those guys were fucking Mr. Bearcat. Not a single yeah. one of them. Yeah, they, they don't hold a candle to Roar. CJ Anthony still has time. Yeah. yeah. Keep it in the athlete in the athlete rooms, man. Mr. Bearcat. That'd be nice. Out. With GE moving out of the banks, will BCJ be in the position to lease the facility so we can move Brent down there <laughs> to hang out with Royer? <laughs> no, we're, we're not there yet. I'm down. I'm down. We gotta dude. get the fu- we gotta get the B the B sign up, replacing that BE skyscraper, Chad. 
yeah downtown oh. like right there the, the bat the, signal <laughs> you could you could actually have a, a bat yeah signal chat that, that damn sign there it is that yeah, <laughs> on there. oh yeah you see that thing from it's so bright columbus you'd be seeing that damn building follow-up question in honor in honor of Macaulay Culkin getting a star on the Walk of Fame, who on the BCJ is most likely to forget a kid at home before leaving for a Christmas trip? Brent. <laughs> I also would say Brent because I am irresponsible in many facets of life, but when it comes to the kids, nah. Brent, I think you would be so excited to, to go on another vacation that it would be possible <laughs> if you just left the – you know, they're in the car seat thing. Like, you got to pick it up and take it to yeah. the car. I think you would be loading everything else. And then you would be, like, eight miles down the road. And you would be like, oh, Gucci, Gucci. Shit. Shit. Did you remember their <laughs> blank? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right back there. It turns back there. Baby's gone. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think it would be more like he would be turning around to be, like, talking to it. And then it just the, the kid wouldn't be there. I don't think he's talking to the baby. I think he's singing the whole trip and doesn't oh, yeah. realize until yeah. they get there. No, I think he would be like shaking it off with the baby. He's like, no, he's he's shake, shake, shake. he's and singing and be there. He's singing and placing bets with his bookie. <laughs> Speaking of gambling is legal. Brent's still using a bookie instead of an app. Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of, I did finish third in a season-long pick'em that uh, was, was pretty did. pretty doggone good. Good job. That, uh, that's it. Of course, that's, yeah. that's the mailbag. Get us out of here, Brent. It's a big week, guys. It's a big, big week. Uh, Portal will be going on from now until eternity. Stay locked into BCJ for that. Crosstown killing it. Keegan is killing it. Crosstown shootout. Is on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a, uh, a thriller inside a Centos Center. Cincinnati Xavier seven and zero versus four and four. People are still doubting the Bearcats. They they need to see how they play in a big game. But this is a big game, so uh, stay locked in. More and more leading up to that tip. Man, it's going to be exciting. Uh, big shouts to Steve Logan. Thanks for coming on, Bearcat legend. Big shouts, of I course. We had Steve Logan on on this episode? No, no, no. Maybe last week. I don't know. Two uh, hours big ago. shouts, of course. Thank you, Transmission, and Out of Care. Big shouts to Home Field Apparel. Big shouts to Quick Paper Supply. But uh, with, there's nothing else to say. Nothing. Happy Crosstown Shootout Week, guys. Big game Saturday. Stay locked in. But for my pals, partners, good guys. Good Bearcat guys. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, and Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. And another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!